episode 139 welcome to the buzzkill podcast where today we're talking revengers dead game haha <laughs> yes not <laughs> not not to be confused with avengers and friend Caref- game careful copyright oh copyright careful, careful. <laughs> i liked friend game sounds <laughs> avengers friend sounds game pleasant. that's gonna, that's going to be how they tie up the whole series it's just, just everyone's just so nice to each other they're fighting hanging out <laughs> what's going on guys i'm mike i'm jim and introducing Branson. Branson. We're making it stick. Yeah, Jan- Jansy Pants <laughs> is dead. Branson lives. I'm dead? Yes. We killed oh. you. We killed we killed that side of you. You you were just now This is uh you know this is the <laughs> this is the back from the dead seeking revenge. Mm. Branson. I love which, fits, which fits in very like nicely. Bronson. With like you and Bronson could be uh yeah. Charles, Charles Bronson. Bronson. I feel like friends. the crow got a better costume, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know, he's kinda pale. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Oh, not too much. How's, how's it going? Uh, how's life been? Uh, good, 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 good. I feel uh, this, tonight's a little bit weird. Tonight is different. If uh, if we sound a little bit different, it's because we no longer have the architect doing our our just temporarily. Just temporarily. He's uh, uh, J. Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he jetted off to the beautiful Hawaiian Islands for the next two weeks mm-hmm. to get married and enjoy his honeymoon. So mm-hmm. we are at Branson's house. We are in this. Yeah. Uh, Lovely room with lovely ambiance. Nice mood lighting. Yeah, I got what those. are those smart bulbs? They're very smart. You can bulbs. literally yell at your lights and they change. That's it's, amazing. It's fantastic. It yeah. also makes me feel weird though that it's they're super submissive. They're listening to me. <laughs> it's super <laughs> submissive. That's <laughs> what you like in your light bulb. <laughs> I mean, it's the only place I can get it. All right, come on. <laughs> hey, lights, dirtier. <laughs> I, I want you to look dirtier. Don't don't turn that mode on. <laughs> if they just started turning like shit brown, I would have been <laughs> so so impressed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're here this week. So if we sound a little bit different, bear with us. We uh, you know, nothing is compared. To Jay's beautiful studio, but yeah. uh, Ocean uh, Branson studio. did a good job of setting this up. Though, yeah, this is lie. nice. Uh, we're actually we're analog tonight, which we is are. interesting. Yeah. This is the first time in three years we've been analog. There's real knobs you can touch. Yeah, we have one of these fancy. Don't touch those knobs. Oh, oh. don't touch them. <laughs> but can I touch them now? Just touch that one. Just that one. <laughs> that one feels nice. You can touch it again if you want. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope that doesn't do anything. You just twisted no, it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm touching one of the channels that nothing's connected to. Um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's why we sound different. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to hear this because yeah. who knows if it sounds different? I think it's going to be pretty nice. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Jay could be fired. Yeah, 
You might be out of a job. (laughs) He'd probably be overjoyed. Are the Hawaiian Islands like still on fire? Remember they were like exploding with lava like a year ago? I don't think so. Okay, I was going to say, because he might just not come back at all. Yeah, I think. They might just, you know, cement their vows by jumping into a bloody pit of lava. I think now. I don't know why it's bloody. I think what they're they're dealing with now, uh, the the fallout is it's driven all of the lava lanchulas down from the mountains Mm. into the the villages. So they're they're dealing with lava lanchulas. I almost almost wish that they were still on fire because we totally could have done a double bill of Dante's Peak and Volcano. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fantastic. I mean, we still could have. We We could do that next week. We could, we could. Well, there we go. Um, So we hope everybody had a happy Mother's Day. That was last week. We uh, released a show on Mother's Day and never even mentioned it because we're cool guys. Yeah, we're not good at planning ahead. We're not at all. Because didn't we also release a, a, a show on April Fools. We did, and didn't even mention April Fools. <laughs> that was that was the April Fools joke. Yeah, jokes on you guys. <laughs> you guys are all waiting for that foot to drop. And Bunch it of never dummies. Came. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I haven't had much going on. Um, something did. Something was going on this last week. We mentioned we mentioned it on the last show, but now we can actually properly talk about the It Two trailer. Oh yeah, because we have actually seen it. You've seen it, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we we really got you with that. Uh, with the uh, Bette Midler misdirect, didn't April we? Fools. <laughs> April Fools. There we go. It came two months late, you bitches. Um, so what do we think about it now that we've actually seen it? Um, well, I, I'm going to let you guys jump in first because it seems like you guys were kind of on the same level. So I was definitely... I think it looks good. I mean, the movie's going to be good. I have no doubt in my mind that the movie's going to be good. Sure. For a first trailer... Uh, and a first teaser trailer, too, because they still called it a teaser trailer. And it wasn't really a teaser because they played almost like a full part of a scene plus the stuff after. It was like almost yeah. two minutes long. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of like full trailer length. So I'm confused as to why that was considered a teaser. But um, I was a little <laughs> underwhelmed by it, quite frankly. Yeah, it, as far as the scenes that it showed uh, from the movie, it just didn't pick out exciting-looking scenes. I know from... Reading the book, I know it's a lot of the same things that happened to them as kids, but it was more of them just running. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, like once it, because it, it opens up with almost, it almost, opens up. it opens up <laughs> with almost an entire scene, which yeah. was, I, I felt like that was kind of a bad idea because you kind of gave away like the I big scare in that I scene. I don't really think that was that strong of a scene either, quite uh, frankly. Okay. Like it didn't really scare me at well, all. I, like will, I will say this. I love that part of the book. It's the the part, when, and you've read the book before, so yep. it's the part with the old crone. Uh, mm-hmm. Beverly goes back to her old... It's insulting. Well, that's what they, <laughs> that's what they refer to her as in, in the book, but... Uh, Beverly goes back to her her uh, childhood home, mm-hmm. and her father's no longer there. It's this old lady that's living there, and like th- throughout the visit in the book, it's very tense because she like slowly kind of starts to figure out that something is amiss, mm-hmm. and then finally, finally, uh, finally, this <laughs> this sweet little old lady, her teeth start turning black, yeah. and like worms start popping out of her skin. I don't know if that's actually I don't true. Think that, was, that wasn't in the about, trailer. I don't think something about maggots. I feel like there's maggots in their teacup or something like that. But anyway, I love that part of the book. It's very tense. It's very scary. But yeah, it wasn't super effective no. in the, the only, trailer. The only thing that that really scared the hell out of me was the naked old lady running around. Well, just because. It scared you because you're so attracted. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no. I had a fear boner. I'm scared. About, <laughs> scared about how much this is turning me on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like after that scene, when it just starts to jump into the, like the fast clips, it doesn't really 
show much, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of the point. It's supposed to be a teaser trailer. That, it's just that supposed part to, of it was you're very just kind of getting your yes. toes your yeah. toes wet with the whole thing. So I, I'm I'm confident that in upcoming trailers it will be more impressed. You know, what I, I, mean? I I hope that they don't release the whole series of trailers that all have clip a clip from each character scene because they're yes. going to be giving away. And I know the movie's probably going to be like seven hours long, but like. <laughs> They're, I feel like they're going to be giving away a little bit too much. I didn't even think about that, but I hope that you're right. Yeah. Because if they give away, because in the book, each one of the kids has a profound experience that deals with uh, coming face-to-face with Pennywise. And then later on, at, when they're adults, same thing. They mm-hmm. all have an individual experience. I didn't even think about that because they showed Beverly's individual yeah. experience as it's- an adult. And if they go back and they do a series of trailers where they show a scene of each one of the adults going through it they're going to give away the whole movie yeah it's like it's like the equivalent of um character posters how every character will get a poster yeah it, you know and i hope they don't do that i don't mind the character posters no, because no, that's it's fine. just like one just little yeah and you can find like little easter eggs inside the inside the poster mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. might allude to what the person's going to go through but yeah i don't like this idea of basically giving away two minutes of the movie yeah. Yeah. For each person. I did read an article uh, today when I was going through stuff for the news that um, <laughs> apparently part two, though, promises to be way bloodier. Mm. And like, so a little bit more balls out on the horror. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Cool. You know, with maybe with adult actors, they can get away with a little bit more. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just super excited to see Bill Hader of all the uh, only because it's such it's such a different role for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it, you know what it is. All yeah. those other actors, we know we already know they're great. In, in more serious drama type roles. Yeah. Bill Hader, I've never really seen him in, in anything like that. It's good casting though. Like yeah. just when you think about the character of Richie in the book, like I, I think that it's spot on casting. Yeah, Richie was a bit of a joker. So mm-hmm. it's Oh that makes sense. So yeah. it, it when as soon as I heard that it was him, I was like, that is so perfect. Mm-hmm. I hope that their his direction was just you know that character you play on SNL during the uh, weekend update. <laughs> Who's you like the party guy? Oh wait, you mean Stefan? Stefan, yeah. Oh like, my god! Like that's... just channel Stefan for for this for this character. I watched a super cut of that character the other day because it's one of my favorite SNL characters oh, ever. Yeah, he's he's so funny. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited about that. I'm warming up to uh, to uh, what the hell's his name. Uh, I don't know. Bill. Uh, James McAvoy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm warming up to him as I Bill. Think I think he'll be fine as Bill. Except, is he... I couldn't tell in the trailer. I'm assuming he's doing a main accent. But he sounds... It so, like it sounded almost indistinguishable from his English accent, which was kind of weird. But I think granted, it's, it's only like you only hear him say like five words. I think yeah. that even if it's a little bit off, once you're watching the movie, you're probably not. No. Outside of a couple well, words a, that might be a little bit a, more. He's a fantastic actor. So I'm sure what I heard was it's going to end up just being a main accent. But like in the moment, I was like, that sounded like he was speaking with an English accent. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you've seen Split, though, you know how many different accents oh, and yeah. different ways of speaking he can he can do. So. Yeah, totally. Oh, I, I never made that connection. He was the the guy in Split, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you look at his face? <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring at his ass the entire time. I didn't even look at him in the well, face. Well, he does look a lot different. He's jacked and he's bald. So like he's he looks a lot different from what he does in It. Speaking, I haven't actually seen it. Speak, oh, I haven't seen Split either. Oh. But, I, but I've seen enough clips oh, to know yeah. that he does. Like mm. a shit ton of them. Um, no, I, uh, speaking of being jacked and changing your, your whole physique around stuff, uh, that has something to do with one of the movies we're talking about tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Revengers, Dead Game, if you haven't picked up on it, we're talking about revenge of dead guys yeah. that come back and get revenge 
because bad guys made other people dead. Yeah. Why are you doing this right now? <laughs> Why aren't we going to do corrections? Yeah. Okay. I'm just just saying. And only <laughs> only James got to talk about his oh his week. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go oh. ahead. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about my week. All I said was I didn't do anything. Oh. It was my turn to say I mean, I, I, could, do anything. I could tell my meatball sub story, but <laughs> you guys already heard that when I got, when I got here. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, let's get into some corrections. Um, I don't have any corrections this week. Oh, you don't? I don't. Oh, all right. Do you? Uh, I don't think so. I did listen to the episode, mm-hmm. but I listened to it the day that Jay sent it to us, and I don't remember anything, so... I don't even know if it was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was actually a very good episode. Um, yeah. So it was all... Mike's first back, and it was good to have Jen back as well. So mm-hmm. we had a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. No. I. It was. It was good to be back. Being gone for two weeks was was weird. How's the uh, How's the nose feeling? How's the snaz? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Like a noticeable difference when oh, you breathe God, yeah. and stuff. Oh God. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No. It definitely. You look magnificent. Well, if yeah. I might. Thanks, man. If I might say that. Um. Yeah. Anybody. Uh, I love to say this. Anybody who has a deviated septum. Go get it cut up because it's fantastic. Oh, it scares me though. <laughs> Not great. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so then uh, moving on. All right, so uh, no corrections. So this week, I'm actually, why don't you say again what we're talking about while I go get the beer? Oh, yeah, so we don't have a cooler anymore. We have the uh, an actual fridge. We're, we're moving up in the world. We actually have a real thing to keep our beer in. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so, this, so this week, like I said, Revenger's Dead Game. We're talking about uh, Revenge. Uh, of Are you people implying that, that a cooler is not a real thing to keep beer in? No, it's real. It exists. <laughs> it's just not real. Which it is, is tangible. Which is, which is <laughs> funny. We actually have a fridge in Ocean Recording we Studio do. too, but we're just too lazy to get up and walk to it. Uh, 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 re- rephrase that. What? Who's too lazy? <sighs> Me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's revenge. It's very specific here. It's revenge movies. Can, yeah, dealing with yes. like anti-heroes that come back from the dead after being killed. So like sort of like like anti-hero superhero type characters. It's very very specific, very niche. And oddly enough, I hadn't seen The Crow in years and years and years and years. Uh, so, so the two movies we're talking about though are Crow and then the cinematic masterpiece Spawn. Um, I, I like how seen, out of those two movies, you said the cinematic masterpiece is Spawn. I haven't seen. I have seen Spawn recently. Go figure. But I had not seen The Crow probably since high school, and um, I for I don't think that I ever realized how similar these movies were. Like, holy crap! Really? Oh yeah. Uh, in a lot of different in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, well, like the general, yeah, the the basis of them, the, the of premise. course, is yeah, the premise is similar, but mm-hmm. well, the look of them, the we'll get into this when we talk about, yeah, them, but like, yeah, there, I don't know, there's lots of similarities. So anyway, uh, we actually had a perfect beer idea for this week. Uh, it turns out we have we have had this beer on the show once before, but it was because but there's a loophole. Yeah, there is a loophole, and and damn it, we we jumped through it because. Uh, <laughs> Because this is a perfect beer. It's from Revolution Brewing. It's called Anti-Hero India Pale Ale. And the reason we're doing this again is because the first time we did it... Uh, the, uh, the tank was on? Tank was on. Mm-hmm. And you had already bought a beer for the week. Mm-hmm. And Tank also brought this beer. Mm-hmm. And so we just drank them both. Yes. So our loophole is we're just calling the second beer that we drank that week the official beer for the week. And this is our official beer for yeah. this week. Anti-Hero the first time around was a bonus beer. Yeah, exactly. Bonus so uh, what we got it. here... 
Our flagship IPA is supremely aromatic, crisp, and drinkable. This iconic ale featured a bl- features a blend of Citra, Crystal, Centennial, and Chinook to create a crisp, clean bitterness and imparts massive floral and citrus aromas. An American hop assault for all the ambi- ambivalent warriors who get the girl in the end. Look, I ain't in this for the revolution, and I'm not in it for you, princess. It's very, it's, it's very interesting hops because I'm pretty sure I can't that deliver that line the way. Sh- <laughs> what's it? I can't deliver that line the way. Uh, uh, do you want to try it again? Uh, no, no, I just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not grizzled enough. It says that there's Chinook yeah. hops in this, and it's just weird to me because Chinook is also a fish. The fish. <laughs> It's like, this is going to be a very fishy beer. Gefelta fish. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers. Ooh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh. I thought we were doing a thing, so I copied you. <laughs> I wanted to be cool. <laughs> Delicious, as always. Oh, yeah. Very I've good. had this one before, even outside of the uh, the other podcast. Revolution Brewing has some of the coolest uh, labeling and, st- and art, too. They this do. Is, uh, this, this appears to be a uh, sort of an army general type character. But instead of a face with an eye patch on it, it is his head's made entirely out of hops, or just a, a hop. Would you call a? It's just one of those little plants. Mm-hmm. Is it a single hop? Hop plant. Is it or is it is it like hops? Is like a never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you would say that it's still hops. Yeah, probably. This yeah. is. It's like deer and deer. You know what I'm saying? If there's one or seventy, this is still uh, just deer. On the website, <laughs> on the website, when it uh, it it says alcohol by volume, but they have a hyphen in between, so it makes it look like it's minus six point seven percent. So this beer actually sobers you up as you drink it. Oh, I, I feel that. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so so funny story. When I went to go buy this, um, Wayne Brady almost had to punch a bitch. Why? <laughs> so I'm in the cooler, right? One of those walk-ins. Yeah. And uh, I I'd seen this already, but I wanted to see if there's anything else. That potentially would have worked better, oh, so we didn't no. have to repeat one. And there's only one six pack of this on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in there, and some girl walks in, and she's looking around, just in that. And she says to her boyfriend, who followed her afterwards, and she goes, "Oh, Revolution Brewing, blah blah." The only one of those I actually like is Antihero. I don't mm-hmm. like the rest of them. Which, first off, the rest of them are absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so, great. So you just die. Um, but like, so I'm thinking to myself, she better not take that. I'm, I might have to have a rumble inside the cooler here and, and pry the six pack from her cold, dead fingers. I was going to say, and knowing you, you would fight the girl and not the boyfriend. Oh, easier target. Oh, well, she, was, she was a tiny little thing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it all worked out. I didn't have to go to jail for anything. So good, good. Well, it's not a, yet. It's a win. Yeah. It just the, means the, you didn't get caught. The, the, the night, night, is, the the night, night is, is young. young. So we'll see what happens here. All right, so and uh, on top of that, like we said, we're discussing the crow and mm-hmm. spawn. So yes. that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got, we're going to start off with a couple of deaths. We haven't had a couple of deaths in a while, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anyone... Uh, actually, were there any when, uh, when I was gone? Um, I don't think that there was anything that got covered, but I don't think anybody even died. John, uh, John Singleton. We John mentioned Singleton. John you Singleton, did. You're right. even okay. though he's not a genre uh, director. So uh, first of the two here, uh, rest in peace to Peggy Lipton. Uh, Peggy Lipton, uh, most people would know her from uh, her fame from Twin Peaks. Uh, she uh, died at the age of 72, and uh, she succumbed to cancer. Mm. Not sure what, what type of cancer, mm-hmm. but uh, 
the big C. Uh, she was, uh, like I said, best known on Twin Peaks. Uh, she played Norma Jennings, who was the owner of the Double R Diner. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the diner is a huge part in that show. I, I admit I have never actually watched Twin Peaks, which I know I just lost a shit ton of credit <laughs> from a lot of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had I've had several people tell me for years that I need to watch it, and uh, I just never have. I've also I'd never, like to get into it, though. I've also never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Lost even more credit right oh, there. Oh, yeah, yep. Look at you. <laughs> you why got, why you, am I even here? Do you, do, you have, I... do you have a third one? Let's go for the trifecta here. Uh, I've never watched, like, Bates Motel, or... Uh, I, never, I never watched... Um... I've never watched Breaking Bad. Oh, oh that one hurts. <laughs> even not... Come on, man. On... Um, what other show? There's another show that everybody watches that... Um, uh, that Sons, I, of, Sons of Anarchy? I never watched Sons of Anarchy. No, it's another horror show, though. Hannibal? Like, Hannibal, yeah. yes. Everybody freaked out about Hannibal. Yeah. Never watched it. I plan to. Mm-hmm. I need to. Now that I cut cable and I'm like watching, I'm binging seasons as opposed to... Like, I haven't watched all of it, but I think you'll like it. It's got yeah. some pretty crazy like imagery and graphic kills and stuff like that. I, so like, I like graphic kills. I know you do. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next up uh, on the death docket. That sounds way worse than the it sounded, in my, wow. <laughs> sounded okay. in my head. Uh, rest in peace to uh, Kip Niven, uh, who died at the age of 73. Uh, Kip Niven, you probably don't know him by name, um, but uh, if you've seen a little movie called New Year's Evil, which is a movie that we talked about this past we New Year's, this past New Year's. Uh, he played the slasher ah. in New Year's Evil. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, New Year's <laughs> Evil. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he did the voice for that. I'm assuming he did. Yeah, probably. I hope he did. So corny. I loved it. <coughs> It was actually a good movie. Oh, yeah. I really liked it. I liked it too. Um, he passed away at the age of seventy-three from a heart attack. Oh, jeez! Uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. So uh, rest in peace to those two. Um, horror world's a little less cool because of that. All right, let's see here. Um, speaking of things that are not cool, I have a rant to get into. Okay, let's Uh-oh. hear it. Uh, we're gonna get into some Ghostbusters news here. All right. Bill Murray. This should be exciting news, but I'll explain why it's not. Bill Murray apparently is now open to the idea of appearing in Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters sequel. He's all about it now. He uh, he says to uh, IndieWire, uh, did an interview with him, and he says, uh, I did the remake, and I would do the next one. This franchise paid for my son's college. We made this thing. We are the caretakers of it. It's a great thing, and it was a really fun movie to make, and it's a real fun movie with some really funny stuff in it. My response to that is, fuck you, Bill Murray, because you've been doing nothing but holding up this franchise for the last, for the better part of the last 10 years when they were trying to make a third one. He has? Yes. It he's was the, all him? Yes. Well, he but, is, he literally, so uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis sent him a script at one point in time, and mm-hmm. the, the the legend is, and I'm pretty sure this is true, is that he just ripped it up and mailed it back to him. Like, he, well, he was he, the reason that they weren't, that they had to rewrite it so many times, is because he would not get on board with it. I thought, I, um, okay, I haven't heard much about that. I, oh I, yeah, I, I did, look it I up, there's know tons he, about I it. I did know that he say, he he kept saying he was waiting for a script that he liked, he just, that he, he felt was worthy. He wouldn't do anything, and, and like... And he was the reason that it held up, and then Harold Ramis died. Do you think that's real, though, that he ripped the script up and sent it back to him? There was 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 an interview on on one of the late-night shows where they bring that up, and this could be a correction for next week, but I am pretty sure that he basically said that's kind of what happened. Really? I, so I could be wrong on it. Maybe I'm getting my stories twisted. Well, he is also but, a comedian. But regardless, so. if you don't, but <laughs> maybe reg- he was joking. But regardless, even if <laughs> he didn't joshing, do that, yeah. though, just jerk in your chain. Uh, both both Harold Ramis and especially Dan Aykroyd, though, have said that he is the reason that it was held up so many times. Dang. Like they sent him the scripts, and he just would never get back to him. Yeah. He would never get back to him. And all this time has passed, and now he's suddenly open to doing it again. Yeah. Come and on. now you know Harold Ramer Harold Ramis is dead. 
So yeah, exactly. You like know, you like, had your chance to make a movie with him. Like I still want them to do it. And I still want him to be sure. in it, obviously. But like, really, but dude. But why'd you have to be a shitbag for so many ex- years? That's exactly my point. Yeah. Um, speaking of Ghostbusters, if you really do want a proper third Ghostbusters movie, you play the Ghostbusters the video game. It came out for uh, Xbox 360 and PS3, I believe. I love that game. So this movie, or this movie, this video game, and I'll get to my news about it in a minute here, uh, was based off of the original script that Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis had written way back after the second movie. Mm. And it was a script about, it was basically called Ghostbusters, like Go to Hell or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and this this mo- this video game was adapted from that screenplay. And it has all of the main characters, all four of them, uh, back doing the voices for the uh, for the video game mm-hmm. and so if you're looking to get a proper third ghostbusters movie with all the original actors you know with a new narrative that's where you're gonna go yeah. the reason that this is new is because uh it popped up on a ratings site that um the uh, was, was that your computer it was mine yeah <laughs> for, for once it wasn't me <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah it popped up on a rating site that it was now re-rated for release on xbox one so being that the Ghostbusters anniversary is coming up, I believe it's 40, 40 years. Yeah. I think so. Uh, my guess is they're going to re-release it for Xbox One, you know, milk the 40 years as much as they can. So yeah. if you've never played it, now coming up is a good chance to finally play it. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a really fun game, too. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was, that was a cool game. Did you play it? I did not, no. No? Dude, no. you should get it. Get in on it. Do you, have, right. you don't have Xbox, though, do you? Oh yeah, I've got, I have everything in there. Oh, you have PS4. Everything. I hope that it comes to PS4 though, because if you do, if it does, you're buying it, and I'm coming over and playing it in VR. Oh yeah, because Ghostbusters so game sweet. in VR with those hand things. Yeah, because it's, oh, it's first yeah. person. So, okay. oh man, that my, would be so cool. My fear boner just turned into a real boner. <laughs> nice. Ah, uh, so much ectoplasm. All right, um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Moving Slimed on. Slimed me. <laughs> the ectoplasmic goo is. Flooding the area. <laughs> so sticky. Why is it pink? Um, <laughs> kicked in the nuts one too many times. <laughs> All right, speaking of, speaking of video games, uh, it appears that we are actually finally getting the James Wan-produced Mortal Kombat movie that we have heard a lot about over the last couple of years. Right on. It's, it's one of those projects that whenever I'd heard about it, it was like start, stop, start, stop. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like we're actually getting it um, because the South Australian... Film Commission or South Australian government, mm. uh, whoever runs South Australia, put out a uh, put out a, a thing saying that King. it's the largest it's the largest production to ever come to South Australia, which is where they're filming it. I think the uh, were you just about to say this? I think the kangaroos actually run South, <laughs> South Australia. No, I was just saying the king runs South oh. Australia. <laughs> Um, uh, it yeah. wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, though, so we are finally getting that, which is awesome. I love the original Mortal Kombat movies. They're fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. But I love them because mm, they're so just good. stupid fun. All, that I, I, all I remember is, uh, um, I think, Goro, Goro breaking Johnny Cage's Ray-Bans and Johnny Cage going, those were $500 Ray-Bans. And I go... You paid $500 for a pair of sunglasses? What's wrong with you? It's so easy to get those on sale. Come on. I know. I thought you were turning Goro into like a social justice warrior because because like, you put like an you put like a hard sound at the end of of the, of the at the end of Ray or Ray but however you said it. I thought you said he broke his Ray pans. And I'm like, what? Like, what? He has Ray pans and then Goro broke them? What's wrong with? Where's your mind? I don't know. What What's is like, a Ray pan? A, he's saying Ray hand. 
Oh, Ray Pan. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they're broken. That's what I'm saying. Like you two turn like a like a social justice warrior. He's taking out on the bad guys. Right. Breaking Ray Pans. <laughs> Moving away from Ray Pans. Um, <laughs> collectors. What's wrong with you? Collectors and fans of stupid Cabbage Patch ripoff cards. So me and James. Ah, yes. Um uh, I can breathe easy tonight because uh, we are getting a whole line of new horror film themed garbage pale kids cards. This is just exciting to me because I think they're very funny. Is this? Did this just come out? Because I thought I read about this a couple weeks ago. Um, it was in the news for this past week. Oh. They've actually put a release out though, so you can see some of them. Oh, cool! Like you have uh, Vincent Splice, which is a fun one. You have uh, Tremory, which looks looks like a giant penis. Oh, that's cool. Quite frankly, yeah, it does. Um, the Bill has eyes. Fly guy. Brad taste. Oh, that, that's a that's a pretty deep cut. Yeah, that's a pretty deep cut. That's right. Um, but they're just kind of cool. Jack Frost. Jack I don't know. I'll cool. probably buy him because I buy. Tons of pointless shit. But um, yeah, kind of cool if you're a collector really of stuff cool. like this. I love how you were so interested that you literally got up, walked over, and looked <laughs> well, on the screen. Well, I wanted, he, wasn't, he wasn't saying what the, uh, the references, the, what movie references they were. I hadn't gotten were, there so. yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Jeez, go ahead. Oh, Pete. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is exciting. Uh, the Wachowskis uh, are developing a new installment in the Matrix franchise. Mm. Franchise. Franchise. Put, put French not, fries. I put R's wherever I feel like. The Matrix French fries. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> sounds delicious. <laughs> uh, this is not a real French fry. It tastes like a French fry, but I know it's not real. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, okay. We get the reference, yeah. <laughs> um, the, exciting, uh, the exciting part of this is, though, um, the, uh, the studio that owns it, I forget what studio it is, Warner, maybe? I forget who it is. They've been talking about doing a reboot for the longest time. Sure. But this will not be a reboot. This is going to be a new story in the canon of the first three films. So it's going to be continuing the story. What? I don't know that Nero... Nero? Neo. Nero? You really are putting R's where they <laughs> don't belong. Why are there Roman emperors in this movie? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know that he's going to be back in it because the way that third movie ended pretty much talked about spoilers if you haven't seen it that's not my fault at this point you mean the way the third movie endred endred um is that (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know nero ended up being (laughs) (laughs) he ended up basically being a computer virus that, uh, that ended the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the third one. Maybe I, I, just, I did. I might have yeah, just ruined it for been, you. No, it's been years. I haven't seen it in a long time. But um, so I don't know that he'd be back in it. But I'm okay with revisiting some characters. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brings people sure. back. Um, I think it'd be awesome. And mm-hmm. I love the Matrix movies. Oh, I yeah, think they're, they're so even good. the second two, which a lot of people don't like. The second two, I like them. I think they're great. I do yeah. too. They're I, extremely different from the first movie. That's the weird thing. Is like the 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 last two thirds of the franchise just went off on some weird. Yeah. I went to some weird places. I definitely remember. I don't remember too much about them, but I do remember, like, you know, like with one being as amazing as it was, feeling that two and three sequentially got worse than the the first one. But uh, they did. But they're still good, though. I yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're still great movies. Um. All right. Let's see here. We're slowly getting to the end here. Um. Although he did definitely retire from uh, playing the character of Ash, Bruce Campbell uh, has continued this week uh, on the. you know, a speculation and a lot of letdown that he's been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, but he's said some new stuff, nothing that we didn't really know already, but um, he has continued on saying that uh, Evil Dead is not dead. Evil Dead is not dead. Evil Dead is they, not they're, dead. Uh, they're, he, as he says, um, he goes, fans are going to see different versions. They're going to be seeing more Evil Dead too. I'm not sure what that means between different versions and more We're Evil gonna Dead. We're going to see more Evil Dead too. <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe they maybe, maybe maybe the reporter wrote this down wrong. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, no, but he, uh, the code boys. <laughs> he was talking to uh, Collider, I think it was. But uh, he goes, uh, "We're not done with the Evil Dead saga. There are more stories to tell." And then he also goes, "I'm still doing video games. I'm I'm doing voices for Ash." He goes, "I'm just not going to grovel in the blood anymore." Mm-hmm. So he's not completely retired from from the character. He's just retired from acting as the character. Yeah. Which leads me to wonder Well voice voice acting. How would we acting. feel about an animated Evil Dead movie? I was actually just thinking that. And uh I would be f- completely okay with I that. I wouldn't hate it. Think of yeah. how crazy they could go with and the with the gore and stuff like if that. If they ever sorted out the rights between um the studio, I forget which studio it is that owns Army of Darkness, because mm-hmm. one of the reasons why in the TV show, and I know you haven't seen the whole thing, so I'm not. I'm going to tread very lightly here. But one of the reasons that they couldn't use a lot of the things from Army of Darkness is because they didn't have the rights to it. You know, they didn't have the rights to the hand. They didn't have the rights to a lot of the stuff, and so they had to kind of backpedal and creatively bring those things back in the TV series. Mm-hmm. But if they could get those series, um, all the rights issues from those series under wraps or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and get them good. They could do stories in between Army of Darkness and the beginning of the TV show. Yeah. You know, and tell more stories there. Because if it's just a voice, you know, they can de-age them, sure. you know, in, as cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd be totally cool with that. So I would love to see it. Let me ask you this. Because uh, you watch, I mean, we all watch a, a bit of animation. I think you watch more than us, though. Mm, not really. Well, okay. Well, whatever. So <laughs> as far as, like, style of animation, what kind of style of animation would you want to see this as? Well, not not anime. I, I do not no. like anime. I'm no. not an anime fan. Yeah. Um, again, anime, people probably hate really me bad. for that. No, yeah. No, I mean, I, I like I'm, Akira. <clears throat> Who doesn't like Akira, though? Because it's a great story. Um, well, it's just uh, like... like Soul, I like Dragon Ball Z when like I was a kid, Soul, but that's like, about the extent of it. Well, like yeah. Soul Station, I thought was a good movie, but I... I did not that, care for that animation. That style of animation is just not my thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I could think of something like... Actually, uh, we, we actually covered a movie called To Hell and Back. That was almost like was half. Claymation. It was like half claymation, half digital animation. I think it was almost entirely claymation. I would, I would love a claymation Evil Dead movie. I think it'd be fun. I mean, they had claymation at the end of Evil Dead Two already. Yeah, you know, it's it's a natural progression. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. It'd be interesting. You know, or do or do like a um, an anthology Evil Dead movie, oh, where it's like a whole cool. bunch of different stories, and you could have different artists doing different, their different oh, takes yeah. or whatever. Have mm-hmm. him come in and do all the voice. There's so much they could do with it, and I'm not going to be one of those fans with like a stick in the mud that doesn't want them to do new things. Like try everything. Sure. You know, do mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Hell, make make puppets. Have a mar- <laughs> marionette style. <laughs> maybe, maybe not that, but like, I just I just think it'd be cool. And do more musicals. Oh my god, an Evil Dead musical, like actually produced. I know there's one we saw. It. <laughs> I was gonna no, no, say, no, no, like, do you like, not remember <laughs> going to see Evil Dead the musical? No, like an actual produced one though. Oh, like, that'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Do it in animated. Who cares? Uh-huh. It'd be fucking great. Yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, yeah. I'd be so into that. No, that one I would want to see with the puppets. Yes, <laughs> puppets <laughs> and musical Evil Dead. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Okay, let's see here. Um, Branson, you will like this one. Come May 30th, you can watch the entire first season of The Twilight Zone in stunning black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, so, <laughs> he's just like, mm so, over here. So, so here, here's how I feel about that. I think people who... Uh, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Twilight Zone needs to be in black and white. That's the reason why it felt the way it did. Those people are still going to be disappointed because part of the reason why the Twilight Zone, the the classic, like the original, feels Twilight Zoney to mm-hmm. us, 
is because it's set in nineteen late nineteen fifties, early nineteen sixties America. Yeah. So it's a combination of the fact that yes, it's in black and white, so it feels different. Like real life's not in black and white, but that's not what real life looks like anymore. Yeah. It also was. It also fit the times. Is that is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good point. Just because the the imagery is it was from that period. So like yeah. trying to take trying to take a, a contemporary piece of film and just throw it into black and white, you're still going to be seeing modern day imagery just mm-hmm. in black and white. I yeah, see it's where not, that could be kind of It's weird. not going to fix the problem that people, the I, I'm going to say problem with air quotes, it's not going to fix the problem that yeah. people are seeing with the new series because like you go back and watch and it's like, it's clearly uh, human beings in America dealing with problems that, we like war and stuff like that. It's stuff that right. we still deal with, right? But in a 1950s, 1960s way, yeah. And uh, for that reason, they're not they're not going to ha- find what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know, it's like the black and white Twilight Zone was what it looked like when you watch TV back in the 60s that's just what it was Yeah, mm-hmm. you know so it's like I, I get what you're saying how modern yeah. modern looking things in black and white doesn't translate the same way as you know look, and, watching and, I Love Lucy and or something people, like that people have already watched why you this, would do that anyway people but. have already watched this season in color are those some <laughs> same people gonna come back and rewatch in black and white or are you trying to yes. draw more yeah. people no, in think, or what's I the think, deal? Yes. Mad Max put out a black and chrome version of oh, Fury Road. It was so which good. was amazing. Was it really? Logan released uh they released Logan uh, on Blu-ray in just black and white. Really? And it was awesome. Uh it, it works. Some some shows, so, so some I guess movies, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, yeah. like a period no, but it, period but specific. I, but I feel film. like going into a black and white version of the Twilight Zone, you're expecting more from it because you're familiar with what it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm definitely going to go back and watch it, but without the like older aesthetic that the classic series had, mm-hmm. and actually the soundtrack too, where it had the actual like score where there's an oboe playing in the background yeah. and all that. <laughs> Are like, you sure it's, it's an oboe? Could be a bassoon. A bassoon. They sound very different. It could be a tenor or an alto saxophone. Possibly a... Ooh, or an alto saxophone. Po- possibly a, a... What's that thing called? A contra... Contrabass? Contrabass. No, not a contrabass. Not contrabassoon. Might be somebody hitting a tom-tom in the background. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I'm excited to go back and rewatch it and see if the experience is different, but I don't expect it to be much different because personally, I love the art. I love the visual style of the new series, so... I didn't. I didn't think it was needed, but it gives me a reason to go back and rewatch the scene. Keep in mind, the original Twilight Zone two was also made to be broadcast in black and white, so Mm -hmm. a lot of their color choices probably on set were very deliberate, so that things came out a certain way. Right. Whereas this one was made to be in color. Right. Yeah. So you know, you might get more drab, just like gray spectrum stuff than you might have gotten back in the day. Right. Yeah. In the pictures that they showed, it's definitely there is some of that clearly. Yeah. Okay. From the pictures that you see, like they had. They played with the contrast and all that, as well as desaturating the colors. And yeah, it it's going to be interesting. I, I'm definitely going to watch it, but I don't expect that it's going to be like, whoa, this is much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only there's only one one thing that you can do to movies and TV shows and devolve their quality in a way mm-hmm. that actually makes sense and makes things look better. And that is when you put something back on VHS. <laughs> yes, uh, I have the the uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, the first of the newest Star Wars movies. Uh, I have that 
the uh, on VHS. Like I, 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 my buddy Chris devolved it to, to VHS. When we were in the theater, I, I turned to James when we were watching this in the theater. And I go, I can't. It was the scene where they're on Jakku, and yeah. it was like the big, you know, sprawling out sands and yeah, all that. Yeah, and I go, yeah. I cannot wait to watch this on VHS. <laughs> I said that to him in the theater when it came out, and sure as shit, I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it looks so good because I'm so used to watching. Star Wars on VHS when I was a kid growing up. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. that's what I'm that that look mm-hmm. is what Star Wars is to me. So watching these new movies with kind of shittier quality and everything's a little bit more fuzzy and and you know, it's it's perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I recommend it to like anyone our age, you know, mid you know, thirties and up to, oh, to late twenties and up. No. Yeah. I'm yeah. only twenty five, so <laughs> you look like shit. <laughs> You're balding already. <laughs> All right. Uh one more quick piece of news before we get to the blues here, uh, and it's just an announcement. UK's Grimefest Films has announced they're developing Deathgasm Part 2. Yes. Fantastic. Oh, my That's gosh. That's all the news I got for it. Though. Have you seen Deathgasm? I have not. Watch it. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, will it make me Deathgasm? Yes, it will. It will. It will, in Immediately. fact. In fact. Uh, okay, what's, what's, what's new on blue? What's new on blue, baby? James. A new 4K restoration of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining will be headed to the Cannes Film Festival this week. And then headed home on 4K Ultra HD on October 1st, courtesy of Warner Brothers. This 4K remaster was done using the original 35 camera negative under the supervision of Kubrick's former personal assistant, Leon Vitali, which seems kind of interesting to me. He was, uh, like, as a personal assistant, would you know? I mean, like, I know that your job is to kind of, like know your employer's needs before he even needs something and then kind of anticipate his needs. But for you to be supervising the the 4K remastering of one of his films, is that really... If he worked closely with Kubrick, though, I'm assuming he was his personal assistant on more than just the Shining film. Sure. So if he worked with them over the course of a lot of his career, then who else would know better than what Kubrick would like than him? Yeah, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And then uh, also, if you're anything like Mike for this particular release... Uh, you're going to want to go out, head to Best Buy, because the exclusive Best Buy edition will come in stunning steelbook packaging. I've changed my mind on steelbooks. No, you haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you were about to blow my mind. Uh, All no. right, and uh, just one more here from Black Fawn. Hitting Blu-ray in June is Jeff Mayer's, or Mar. I think that's how you spell Bill Maher's name. So I'm going to say it's probably Jeff Maher. Is it M-A-R-R? M-A-H-E-R. Oh, Maher. 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 <laughs> could be Mayer, could be Maher. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Maher's Bed of the Dead, in which four 20-somethings find themselves stuck on a haunted antique bed, where leaving means suffering a gruesome death, plagued with frightening hallucinations, they must figure out the bed's secrets before they ultimately are picked off one by one. Is this a porno? I don't know, <laughs> Wait, man. Because it could totally be like a it. porno. What's the name again? It's called. Uh, it's called Dead of uh, a Bed of the Dead. Apparently, it's 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 basically a remake of an old movie called. Um, uh, what the hell was it? It was. Uh, it, it was like Deathbed, the bed that eats, or something like that. <laughs> So it's uh, yeah, it's essentially it's four four young people on a bed, and they find out that if you leave the bed, you will die. So you can't leave the bed, which leads to fucking. It's a porno. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that's actually how I managed the uh, the beginning of my relationship with my wife. I was you like, leave, you'll you die. can't leave this bed. You'll die. Better stay here. 
The ground is lava. I brought some. <laughs> I brought some waters and some fruit roll-ups. You're marrying a twelve-year-old. She was okay with that. <laughs> oh, she was okay. No, she wasn't. Very, very dissatisfied. Um, that's it for blues. <laughs> and I've got one, and this is another really quick announcement. Uh, today they announced that the next season of Black Mirror which is another one of my favorite anthology series. Uh, I just like watching cats jump. It's really cool. Okay. <laughs> we have a studio cat. We have, we have a two, studio cat two right studio now. studio cats in here today. Yeah, and it just jumped so high. It was awesome. Buckley's just uh, going from different creepy place from creepy place <laughs> to just watch us. Just watching you. But, Sorry to uh, interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, it's all good. Uh, but uh, they announced today that Black Mirror Season 5 is coming on June 5th on Netflix. I have not watched a single episode of Black is, Mirror. Okay. So it turn it went from slightly twilight zony and kind of strange to uh I don't even know what to call it. It's like little bits of horror. Uh and it, it's so good. If you like the Twilight Zone and you want like a good uh modern adaptation on what the original premise of the Twilight Zone is. Don't all, watch don't re- watch the revol- new Twilight Zone. Watch Black. <laughs> it all no, revolves watch around, them both. <laughs> it all revolves around like tech and AI and stuff, yeah. right? It it all revolves around technology. Yeah. So there's stuff very, like uh, very appropriate for these days. Yeah, like uh, it it tackles the whole idea of something going viral for better or for worse, or it like you said AI or uh, the possibility of storing consciousness within a digital realm mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's it's very good, so it, and it's honestly one of my top five favorite shows. So hmm. when I heard that they're releasing a new season, even though it's only going to be like I think three episodes, they're going to be like three mini movies that are horror tech related. So I'm pumped for it. Is that that's that. Netflix, right? Yeah, it's okay. all on Netflix now. Cool, hmm. cool. All right. Uh, so my last bit of news here um, is is interesting because I feel like this guy is just inching his way back to the director's chair more and more every single year. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and that is a man by the name of John Carpenter. Inching his way because that's <laughs> as fast as he can move these days. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So um, Collider caught up with him this past week at uh, the Cannes Film Fest. Can. Uh, can. Cannes. Can. I think I'm it's not, actually more like, it's like, it's like can. I'm not French. You you would be a lot sexier if you were. Well, <laughs> wouldn't everything? <laughs> That plant over there would be sexier if it wasn't France. You'd also hate us, though, because I'm pretty sure French people hate American people. I hate Americans anyway. Yeah. Um, so he says, uh, he says, talking to Collider, he goes, uh, uh, and I quote, I don't have one scheduled, but I'm working on things. I made a lot of movies, and then I got burnt out and had to stop for a while. Uh, he goes, I now have a life. Circumstances would have to be correct for me to do it again. I'd love to make a little horror film. That would be great. Or a big adventure film. Uh, he goes, it would be a project that... Uh, it would be a project that I like, and that's also budgeted correctly. Nowadays, they make these young directors do movies for $2 million when the movie is written for $10 million. You have to squeeze it all in there, and I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but And then also, if he asked if he would ever do a TV series, he goes, I would do one. Yeah. So it sounds like he's open to it, but he's just not playing that game anymore. just wants the right thing. He's, yeah, he's, he's not going to play that game, that young man's game of, of whatever. He goes... Basically, in, in his mind, it's I'm John fucking Carpenter. Exactly. Give me what I want, or I'm not doing <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> and honestly, he can he can demand that. Yeah, a guy like Carpenter can demand Hell that. Yeah. Just don't watch his last three movies. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what? Uh, the Ward. The Ward actually, 
on my second viewing, I liked the ward better than the first time I saw Did you, it. I have to rewatch it. I fell asleep but, the first um, time I watched it. What were the other two two movies? Ghosts of, oh, Mars, Ghost of Mars, which was just awful. We have to do an episode he, about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just not a good movie. Um, and what was the other one he did? Uh, Cigarette Burns. But that was that was more of a mean, that was his Masters of Horror doc, and it was good. Did you say doc? It wasn't a doc. Well, no, I, I didn't say. I said you doc. said Masters did, of Horror doc. I did. I did. Say doc. <laughs> I don't know why. Masters of Horror episode. Um, but it was like an hour long, so it was basically a little mini movie. I liked Cigarette Burns. I, I liked it too, but it wasn't on par with sure, yeah, with yeah. his other the rest of his filmography. Right, right. Um, but it's, it's weird that he says either it's a little horror movie or huge adventure oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that he would have the patience for a big adventure movie like Big Trouble in Little China or something like that. Like, I don't think that he would have the patience for it anymore. Mm, mm-hmm. You know. But yeah. Anyway, that uh, that is your news. Well, all right. So uh, since Jay's not here to give us our stupid fact of the week, uh, we all have one. We're just going to do three of them because yeah. uh, why not? This is in honor of Jay. When in he is not here, he has big shoes to fill. The only <laughs> way that we know how to fill his big shoes <laughs> is with three facts. Three facts. That's all we got. And, <laughs> and uh, possibly facts about penises, maybe? I don't, well, knows? I know that we all even combined, we can't fill his shoes with our penises because <laughs> we all have just tiny cocks. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Believe me, we have tried to fill his shoes <laughs> with our penises. Didn't work. April Fools. <laughs> you didn't invite me to this party. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, this first one kind of ties into a conversation that the three of us had on uh, over text message earlier today. Nope, this could get dark real quick. Uh, yeah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael Jordan makes more money from Nike annually than all of the Nike factory workers in Malaysia combined. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so dark. <laughs> That's stupid for other reasons. Oh lord. Uh, yep. Yep. You see That's why a, that ties in with what we I were do. talking oh, about. I do. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, we were talking about Apples and Androids and Samsungs and all that, and how horrible things are uh, overseas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. But yeah. um, all right, my my stupid fact is way. Way more light. Actually, it's pretty heavy, but for but yeah. a di- but a different way of being heavy. Um, so a whale's penis. Yep, we're going there. Yes. Whale's penis is commonly referred to as a dork. <laughs> dork. I, <laughs> being a dork, I take great offense to this. Wait, um, I actually feel pretty good about also, it. Also, also though, uh, a blue whale's penis, the largest on record. Get this, largest on record was 16 feet long. And weighed 770 to 990 pounds. It was not exact because part of it was missing. So they were, you know, they were guesstimating on part of it. But that's... So, it's, so it's roughly the same size as your mom. <laughs> <laughs> that is just, that is just mean. Uh, I don't have to take it. That's it's uh, that is false, by the way. Barb Heckman is, uh, is very lean, very beautiful. <laughs> And that was a joke. Moving on, Jensen. <laughs> All right, and here's my stupid and fact. sexy. I forgot sexy. Oh, boy. Over 60 million Americans grind their teeth at night. That's me. I, I'm, I, I I'm, do not. I bite my tongue. I have, like, tongue mark or bite marks on the sides of my tongue. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I push my... I don't that I bite it. I think I push my tongue towards the front of my teeth. While you're sleeping? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a bite guard that I always forget to put in. That's I, sexy. The 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 my teeth are ground to like my dentist said my teeth are basically ground down ground down to a person that's in their late forties. Oh, you dang. have the hairline of someone in their late forties too. <laughs> no, my hair 
my hairline for my eight, I'd say I, I'd say I'm probably at like 39 on the hairline. No, okay. But uh, yeah, fuck you. So anyway, those were your stupid facts of the day. Boom! That was the news. That, Jeez. Why did he even ask me to do it last time if you had that stored up? Well, because watching you struggle was so much fun. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> no, you weren't there. Oh, yeah, that's true. What are you talking about? Oh, no, you're right. I the listened time to he did it? See, oh. felt, you guys made me feel like I was there. Ah, uh, yes. To it. Yeah. That's what it was. Well, that's the whole point of this podcast. We want to draw you in and make you feel like yeah. you're here with us. We, mm. we like to cuddle. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which come, believe me, being here with us is not the greatest thing come in the cuddle, world. Come cuddle with our voices. Mm. Mm. Come, with our, come cuddle with three dorks, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're uh, talking about some of the greatest greatest movies possibly ever first? made, and Spon- by Spon- movies, I mean I singular figured. one, and it's not The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, let's do it. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. So yeah, um, listen. When when you think of uh, amazing movies, like the best movies ever created, you think of uh, classics like Schindler's List. Yes, of course. You think of The Shining. Mm-hmm. Uh, you oh, think God. of of like uh, horror, Dracula. You know uh, these amazing films. Yes. And you can add another one of these movies to that that lexicon now. Yeah. Lexicon. Does that make sense? I to that do. Rolodex. <laughs> to that to when, you're, when you're flipping through the greatest movies ever, that Rolodex. You know, uh, you can add Spawn. To that list. I like how you got real close to the mic for that part. <laughs> you could add Spawn to that one. <laughs> I love this movie way more than I have any right to and way yeah. more than this movie deserves. Yes, you do. <laughs> you, you do that yes. for a lot. <laughs> I do. I love shitty movies. What can I say? I really do. Um, so we're talking Spawn from 1997, uh, directed by a guy named Mark A.Z. Dippy. Now, if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, it should, because he directed classics like frankenfish which i know you're a big fan of <laughs> i did enjoy frankenfish i also want to i also want to say uh I, I feel like you probably pronounce his last name dipa not dippy is it not dippy that he there's an umlaut over the e not an umlaut it's a we'll just go with you it's a dip it's, it's dippy, dippy. <laughs> do you know that for a fact? No. I think it's Dippa. <laughs> it's probably, or Dippe. Dippe. Maybe. Um, so he was also uh, a VFX artist, though, and he actually did work on a shit ton of really, really big stuff. Uh, he did VFX for The Abyss. Mm. He did VFX for, or VFX rather, for uh, Back to the Future 2, Jurassic Park, uh, Paranormal Activity 2 and 3, and more recently, The Shallows. What? What are you laughing at? <laughs> what? BFX? Is he said BFX, and I just, my mind automatically went butt fucks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. He did uh, butt fucks for Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, that's where I recognized him from. Oh, oh my gosh. Lord. This is why Ellie doesn't was, listen to our podcast. That was, that was the scene right before uh, Malcolm puts his hand on the big pile of shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> big, big pile of shit. 
Jesus. Uh, yes. All right. Um, also, uh, yeah, so he did a lot of that stuff. He was a big VFX artist. Uh, the Abyss, though, and Jurassic Park uh, in particular, those were both, like, those movies, like, defined effects at the time. Yeah. So that's a big, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of weird that he would direct these kind of movies, <laughs> and especially since some of the effects in this movie are so incredibly bad. It is unreal. <laughs> uh, but we'll get there. There's there's theories for that. Um, so if you've not seen Spawn or read the comics or anything else, uh, Spawn is about an elite, an elite mercenary uh, who is killed but comes back from hell as a reluctant soldier of the devil. The devil. Devil. Uh, and also, just just to mention, since you said comic book, this is based off of the comic book by Correct. Todd McFarlane. Correct. Uh, Todd McFarlane, one of the greatest comic book illustrators of all time. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't think anybody would ever argue that. He's he's a bit of a dip in real life. Is he? Is he's he a weird. Bit of a, he's a is weird. He, is he a bit of a dipper? Dipper. Uh, he's, a weird, he's just a weird dude. If you're watching any interviews with him, like he's just like he's very eccentric and he's very like yeah. not that that's bad, but like he's just a weird dude. Mm-hmm. He's clearly a guy that spends his time in the basement drawing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like sees the sun like maybe once every like three months. Yes. Ooh, Careful. Nice catch. There. Oh, don't uh, don't have these fancy weighted uh, (laughs) mic stands only almost tipping them over. Almost dumped that baby. Uh, So Spawn, if you've uh, if you've never seen this movie, uh, it is a masterclass. Is that the right word for it? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the right word for it? I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, You have Michael Jai White who plays Al Simmons slash Spawn. You have John Leguizamo who is an absolute tour de force. Yes, I'll agree playing, with that. Thank you. <laughs> playing, <laughs> playing clown slash the violator. Not the vindicator. Not the vandalizer. Not the vibrator. You pulled those out pretty good. Especially I, the vibrator. Pulled uh, that one out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really get stuck anymore. Um, Usually you leave that one in. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then you have Martin Sheen. <laughs> like, Martin Sheen, why are you in this fucking movie? Have, I don't understand it. You have Martin Sheen kind of kind of phoning it in. Oh, oh God, yes. <laughs> like, it oh, didn't yeah. really seem like he was super excited to do this movie. <laughs> no, no. He plays uh, Jason Wynn. Uh, then you have D.B. Sweeney, which uh, you forgot D.B. Sweeney was did. was in this flick. I just wa- I just watched uh, The Cutting Edge like two months ago mm-hmm. at, um, like, at like 2 a.m. randomly because it was on the Detroit local channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you also have Miko Hughes. Now, if that name doesn't sound familiar, uh, he played Gage in uh, the original Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. He was also, I believe, he was the, wasn't he the boys have a penis, girls have a vagina kid? He was. In Kindergarten, kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. Yep. yep. So he's uh, in this. He was in New Nightmare as well. He was, yes, yep. yes, yes. And rounding out the cast here, um, which I think is is the most important of the cast members, a guy named Frank Welker. Now, Frank Welker did the voice of the devil, Melbogia. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably the most um, well-known actor in this entire cast. You would never know him by his name. Mm-hmm. He's a voice actor. Yeah. And he has lent his voice to some of the most iconic um, characters in, in cinema history, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, he was the voice of Fred and Scooby-Doo in Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of the Mogwai and Stripe in Gremlins. He was the voice of Megatron. He was the voice of Slimer and Ray Stance in the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Was he, uh, was he in um, Inspector Gadget? He was Dr. Claw That's right, in Inspector yeah. Gadget. Because he he's, he's the voice in Spawn is essentially his Dr. Claw voice. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, he was... Both Toka and Razor oh, in yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Awesome. I didn't know that. He was Station 
in Bill and Ted Bogus Adventure. Uh, he was Abu and the Cave of Wonders in the in both Aladdin movies, the new one as well. Um, and now these are the two most important ones. I don't know how you can get credited for voice acting for these two characters, but he did, which is legendary. He was the voice of the Anaconda in Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of, I guess. I don't. No, it's the it's the stuff toward the like when the anaconda's on fire at the end. Maybe. And it's it's howling for some reason because apparently snakes can howl. I maybe maybe. <laughs> and if you didn't think that it was possible to one up the anaconda and anaconda, he was the voice of the creature in the 1998 film Godzilla. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 How do you get voice acting credits for these characters? I don't know, but he did it, which makes him legendary in my book. He's a prolific he's voice actor. Prolific. <laughs> prolific. <laughs> ah, 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 he's also uh, Curious George. Yes, he is Curious George. Yeah. Yep. His, his acting resume, those ones I pulled out are literally maybe 10% less than of his acting resume. He's, he's, a, he's, he's incredible. The guy's incredibly accomplished. I'm looking this. So he has 839 yeah, acting credits on ridiculous. IMDb. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, so this movie um, is, uh, it's basically, it's about a guy who uh, he kills for the better good. He works for a company that he thinks he kills, but it's for the benefit of, of humanity, basically. Sure. Takes out the really bad Takes guys. Takes out the bad guys. Um, Taking out the his trash. Boss, his boss, Jason Wynn, played by Martin Sheen, though, double crosses him because apparently Jason Wynn is in cahoots with the devil. All those, those cahootsy dootsies with the devil. And uh, so Jason Wynn uh, double crosses him and kills him. And uh, he wakes up a year, is it a year? Mm. Five years, that's five, right. Five, sorry. I so he wakes up five years later back from the dead, a burnt mess because he dies from being set completely on fire. And um, <laughs> he <laughs> So he wakes up five years later to this weird clown guy basically walking him through life now. He's dead but still in the real world and explains to him that he was selected to lead Satan's army basically. Mm -hmm. But he has to fulfill a couple of things before he can do so. Well, he shows him like because he really doesn't remember anything from the the, the past five years and uh, the clown shows him a flashback of when he was in hell and essentially the uh, the devil Malabogia saying if you lead my army you will you will be able to get back to Wanda yes. who is his wife yes but five cut to five years later Wanda's shacking up with his partner Duh. what a <laughs> what a duo they are <laughs> bunch of jerks you think they were shacking up before then too no no I feel like Terry no. I feel good guy Terry right yeah like, good guy Terry that's what we were calling him throughout the movie because he seemed like a genuinely good guy like uh. Uh, what the hell is his name? What is Spawn's name? Al. Al. Um, when Al died, Wanda was pregnant at the time? Yes. That that, right? That's what we're assuming to believe, that it was his kid. Yeah. It is heavily alluded to. Yeah. She, she seems older than five years old, though, right? No, she was celebrating her fifth birthday at, when he came back from oh, I don't think so. Okay. She's very advanced for her age. Oh, okay. All right. Well, th this this goes back to the classic thing that the 90s used to do where it's like, hey, this is a teenager, but somebody clearly in their late 20s or early 30s. Yeah. True. AKA uh, Melrose Place slash 90210 slash you've got, like, don't try and convince me Luke Perry is only 16 years old. <laughs> He's clearly 52. Exactly. <laughs> God, uh, you have rest in peace. But, uh, um, 
I don't think that they were shacking up beforehand. You know, no, I think not. good no. guy J- Terry just like he was there for her. Yep. After yeah. Al passed, he comforted her, and he comforted her with his, with his dick, with his with his dork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then it just kind of blossomed into something new. Yeah, yeah Terry. Child. Terry definitely was played as a character where when uh, Al comes back from the dead as Spawn. Where it's like, oh yeah, I hate that guy, and they just keeps doing good stuff. And it's like, I just want to hate him. Like, just let me hate him. <laughs> I hate you so bad, but you're such a good guy, Terry. Why do you? Even if you do have that terrible goatee, <sighs> you're a much better person than me. So go ahead and screw my. <laughs> it was today, it you know? was the late '90s. Goatees were kind of in fashion. Yeah, I'm I gonna give him that. So. It's a movie from 1997. So I mean, I've seen you with a goatee before. <laughs> Incre- really? Incredibly in one picture. By Wait, the way. In one picture, because I was shaving my beard and I shaved it to a goatee. And oh I think please! I, I, I thought you did the full goatee for one of our camping trips, didn't you? I don't, no, no, I did the I did the Hulk Hogan or the James Hetfield 1987. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I did. But my Boy, beard was wasn't classic. long enough. My beard wasn't long enough though. If I I did do it when I had my big beard. Mm-hmm. "Quote unquote big quote beard." Unquote, Listen, big beard. it was pretty big for me. Wait, it there's was. there's picture evidence of all states of beard on Mike. I believe uh, so, yes, yes, there are. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, yes, there are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, I have, we'll have to see these later. We'll have we'll have a, a trip down memory lane when we're done here. Yes. Mike, Michael, and I have both kind of made our rounds in the facial hair world. I've only actually grown a beard. We're getting real sidetracked here, but I've actually only ever grown one beard in my life because my beard grows so incredibly slow. Mm -hmm. And the process from getting it to where it's like right now, for example, Mm -hmm. right now it's actually a little bit shaggy, but like to get from here to actually it looking decent, it's a rough road. It looks like shit. Long, hard road. Yeah. I I typically, I used to rock a pretty decent beard, but for reasons I'm not going to dive into on the show, like, yeah, I've been rocking the clean shaven lately and, when I, when I met you, you had a pretty sizable beard. Yeah, it was yeah. down to my nips. Yeah. I didn't ever see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have to pull that. I'll show you mine uh, if you show me yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, my beard, though, long, long, hard road. Speaking of long, hard roads, out of hell, back to spawn. Boom. Segway. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Um, great Marilyn Manson song, by the way. This, this movie has one of the greatest soundtracks ever put together for a film. Uh, I owned this on CD when I was uh, when I was a tyke. Of course. And uh, I, I, I I listened I listened to this record to the into the ground like it's so good. If you're into like '90s music like I am, and you're into at the time especially I was into more industrial like darker metal kind of stuff, or whatever. Mm-hmm. This 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 record was a wet dream. Like it was not every single song is a mashup. So it's two artists per song. Sure. And it's it's and they're all amazing. Marilyn artists. Manson and Dust and Brothers. Marilyn Manson and Dust Brothers, yeah. the Chemical Brothers and somebody else, Metallica and so like every song is good. Yeah. You know. Well, let me let me put it this way. Uh Well, go, one, good is a relative term by the way. I'm one just that one of the <laughs> one of the movies that we're talking about tonight had an amazing soundtrack and it wasn't this one. <laughs> Um, um, bite your tongue. The Crow had also a great soundtrack, great a triple soundtrack. triple platinum soundtrack, if I'm not mistaken. Damn straight, uh, but we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get to it. And also yeah. great. Both these movies had great soundtracks. Yeah. Um, the only other movie I can think of that had as good of a soundtrack was maybe Scream Three, <laughs> with uh, Creed. And <laughs> Jeez. They pulled no punches on oh, that. Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, I um so I had seen this movie God three years ago. I think it was probably the last time I saw it. Two or three years ago, something uh-huh. like that. Um, I actually do legitimately like this movie. It's a fun movie. I, it, 
it, it, it's, it's like very fun. Like there's some people who I feel kind of phoned in, like uh, like um, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yep. But like Michael John, Jai White like, went for it. Like Mike, he really even more so than him. Uh, John John Leguizamo is not the type of actor to ever dial any there to ever phone anything in and and this was no exception like as violator he was incredible like i said tour de force yeah tour de force <laughs> yeah he's it, it's like it's such a weird it's such a weird role the dude ate like mealworms oh yeah he ate like or wax worms whatever they were i mean granted i've done the same thing but sure. um like, no he like, but really think did. about how many takes he probably had oh yeah do, you he know? puked after the takes as well that's actually like like a thing um He's just really good. He's, he, he's like, such a fun character, and he's funny. He Oh, yeah, super, like, super funny. Super funny. He's like the type of character who makes me genuinely uncomfortable, though. A like clown? He, yeah. It's, 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 it's the shape of him, because he's only like four feet tall. He's like, if he was an inch taller, he'd be round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, he'd essentially. be like a beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but because he's not an inch taller, he's actually oblong. He's like actually fatter than he is tall. And it's when I say this is the type of character that makes me extremely uncomfortable, Danny DeVito's penguin is mm-hmm. what I compare it to. Yeah. Like very that, similar body types, only one's faking it and one's not. <laughs> <laughs> it like for some reason that 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 type of character and uh it, it it's not just because they're huge and round, it's just like there's something about both of the, those they're characters. Unsettling. They're just very gross, unsettling, unsettling yeah. characters. It's so very creepy. cartoony as yeah. far as like fatness goes. Right, and so, and just the and just kind of the Todd McFarlane art style. Like I feel like they captured it pretty well really in this did. movie. There's, there's and that type of that type of art, even though I love it and it looks awesome, it also gives me this feeling of general discomfort. You know what I mean? There's very subtle things that they did when it comes to effects work. Uh, in this movie that really, I think, made it. And granted, this is late, late 90s. You know, a lot of these special effects, especially the digital effects, were in, in their infancy. Mm-hmm. And so this movie, you would think, wouldn't hold up that well. And there are certain aspects of it that absolutely do not, which we'll talk about uh, Melboga in a minute here. But um, the the Violator character was a, was a combination of practical effect, like huge, huge practical effects, <clears throat> yeah. and then digital effects. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, as is, is good as the practical effects looked, the digital effects held up. They're really good. Except for with Mel Boja. Except for with Mel Boja. <laughs> Anything with Mel Boja at the end, but there's a reason you, for that. You said there's the, actually a reason for you, it. You put it the best way. You said, apparently, hell is a PlayStation 1 game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's... So that's the thing. Like, they, they did a really good job, and, like... Like it held up, like like the char- like the digital character of Violator actually looks good. You yeah. can put that in a, in a lower budget movie from nowadays; it would still look good. Sure. The other thing that still looks really good is is Spawn's cape, mm. which I think was has always been my favorite part about that character, even oh, in yeah. the comics. It's, it's it has such a presence, and it has this really it's a, it's a character cool all its own, basically. Yeah. And digitally, it's a little bit rough around the edges. Like like some of the the tones of the colors don't really blend with the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But the way that it looks and the way that it feels and the way that it moves mm-hmm. is just awesome. Yeah. Like I said, it's got a life of its own. It's almost like it has its own consciousness. Yeah. And it's super, super cool. Yeah. Then you have Malboga. 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 That's the best way to describe it. It looks like a bad PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks to me, and I didn't read anything about this specifically, but it looks to me like it's unfinished. You know, a lot of times, I know this movie went from $20 million to $40 million. Yeah. Um, they went way over budget, but the studio willingly gave them more money though as well because they thought it was going to perform well. Um, however, I was reading about the the actual um, effects 
that uh, visual effects groups that worked on it. And I'm just going to read what I read uh, or what I found on IMDb because it's, you know, it's right here. But it says, uh, the film was originally greenlit with a budget of $20 million. The scale of the visual effects led New Line to continually increase the project budget, which grew to $40 million. One third of that $40 million was effects, which is crazy. One third. Uh, one third was all effects. Wow. The shootings, oh, wow. The, the, let's see here. Um, the visual effects shot count increased from 77 to over 400. Uh, and it was created by 22 different companies in the United States, Canada, and Japan, requiring 70 people in nearly 11 months to complete. Uh, Industrial Light and Magic did most of the work, creating 85% of the shots at a cost of $8.5 million. Um, the most difficult sequences in the film to render included the Violator, Spawn's Digital Cape, and some of, some of Spawn's transformations. Now, and, and we'll get to his transformations, but those all looked really good, yeah. mm-hmm. which lead me to believe that was ILM. ILM probably did all of that because they're, they're a hugely famous company for yep. you know, their yeah. effects yeah. and all that. So my guess, if I had, to, if I had to, to figure out what happened here, is that all the Malboja scenes were handled by a different company mm. that just couldn't do the work. Yeah. Either yeah. they couldn't do the work or it was rushed and they didn't finish it. Right. It's one of those two things because it looks like shit. Like you said, it's it looks so it looks bad. unfinished. Like um his, like, like placeholder. His, it looks like his, placeholder effects. His mouth doesn't move when he when he talks, like yep. um which I guess there's I, I guess there's like you could kind of explain it away as the, he's he's essentially uh he's like the god of the underworld or whatever. So Mm-hmm. I suppose he could speak to people through sort of a. They do sort of explain a, a that away. Telepathic. I don't sort of know thing. where this originally came from, but I did read that that was intentional. And that, that Malboga's mouth doesn't move because the filmmakers wanted to imply that he's speaking through hell. Mm. Sounds to me like grade A bullshit. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah, because uh, when you look at digital effects and the whole, like. I don't even know how to describe it. Like the mimicking of talking or mimicking of human facial facial muscles. The first time that you ever really see that pulled off well was actually like when Half-Life 2, the video game, came out. And I, I don't remember which year this came out, but that's a hard thing to do. And they didn't really have the technology back then. So, like, I agree. But I think they that's, still did it, right? Did it still look halfway decent? When in Half Life yeah. Two? Oh, in Half Life Two, that was the first time that they actually like. Oh, did it correctly? Yeah, they. Oh, did, okay. That's the first time they did it correctly, and before that, that it was really them trying to go in and animate it without mapping out, like I got you. actors. I got you. Whereas Pat, uh, nowadays, when they want to mimic that motion, uh, they will actually mocap somebody's face as they're talking mm-hmm. and they'll translate it they'll to get what every it, single movement in there so they know exactly how yeah. it's supposed to be yeah so i i agree i think it's bullshit in that but at the same time they didn't really have to bullshit they could have been like hey the technology doesn't exist and people are like oh yeah that's fine no yeah. sure uh um, half half like two came out in 2004 by the way yeah so, so not, that that's eight years long. difference eight, right eight years is a long time but it's not that long. one you got to consider too how long it takes to make a game so true i'm sure they started it uh, well, I guess when did Half Life One come out? Ninety-eight. But okay, between so the go. the mid nineteen nineties and the mid two thousands, mm-hmm. that was such huge, huge, huge mm-hmm. uh, advancements were made in technology. So as far as like CG goes, that was a big period of time where like technology advancements were made. So it, while it doesn't feel like a long time, like 
just think we were talking about this. Uh, I think I don't remember which episode we were talking about, but that was the time period where like uh, the second Matrix came out and mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out. And that's where which they made these those, huge mass, those movies. When you look at them nowadays, though, even the Lord of the Rings movies, they don't hold up near as well as you might think they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The practical Agreed. effects, 100 mm-hmm. percent. A lot of the digital effects, though, you go back and watch them now, especially on Blu-ray when you see a lot of the cracks in VFX and right. practical effects. Um, they're still good. But they're not as good as you remember them. <laughs> oh, I, co- I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of the the effects, you know, one of the effects we talked about was it was Spawn's suit mm-hmm. and how Spawn's suit kind of like grapples over his body. Mm-hmm. And I have long said this, that when they made a Venom movie, they need to look to this movie and the way that the Spawn suit wraps around his face. That Spawn suit looks like a symbiote. It looks like an alien creature that is just consuming his body. Yeah, it does. Even mm-hmm. now, in 2019... How many years? Uh, this was 20, uh, 1997. 97. So this is 20, 22 years, years ago. Yeah. That Those effects in Spawn look better than the effects I have seen in Venom. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I will hold... Did you see the new Venom? No, but I mean, I've seen the but trailers. I've a, seen yeah. clips and whatnot. It was good. Like, you know, I, I honestly... So you've seen Venom. Do you think that the Spawn suit is better than the Venom suit? It was it, like... It has the, I feel like this is more of a fad, so I'm going to call it that. It had the fad of, like, the bubbling, like, almost liquid overtaking your body sort of yeah, sure. effect. And it it worked. And honestly, I'd have to see it. Like side see, by side, maybe. I'd have to see it side by side and see what I um, I preferred, but I think they did. I pulled it off. I think they pulled it off well. Okay, well, I've like said, I've just I've long thought that that spawn shoot should be the template for a creature like the symbiote. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that. Yeah. Um, another reason to finish up with the effects here that a lot of the practical effects look incredible is because just like you can throw a fucking dart at a movie catalog, K and B did yeah. the effects. Mm-hmm. I think it was before they were actually called KMB, but it was all them. Yeah. You know, they did the effects for this movie and it shows because they're fucking fantastic. The effects, that suit is incredible. Yeah. The clown makeup and the fat suit, incredible. Yeah. The, the, the practical violator is incredible. Like mm-hmm. they all yeah, those, look really good yeah, because the shots, they had good people working on it. And that, that was a, that was an example of when <clears throat> mixing the, uh, the, the practical effects with the uh, computer generated effects really worked well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because there was a scene where uh, the clown finally turns into the violator, and there's kind of a fight scene between him and Spawn, and they moved seamlessly between showing his a lot of the a lot of the practical shots were more like close up, sure, because they probably just made you know they obviously didn't make a full like sixteen foot tall violator thing. It was just it was more like from his chest up, mm-hmm. but they would do like like close up quick shots of him. And those practical effects looked awesome, and then when they moved out of that into the uh, like the the computer generated violator, it looked really good. Mm-hmm. It was it was almost seamless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could tell the difference a little bit, but sure. they, like I said, yeah. for 1997, it was a really good job. I yeah. this movie was such a hugely effects heavy movie mm-hmm. that if it didn't look good, it would have failed. Yeah, and this movie. Did decently well, from my understanding. I don't have yeah. the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it did. And I know you said that you have it on VHS, you have it on multiple different mm-hmm. mediums, and I feel like if we were watching it on VHS, we wouldn't have even noticed that. No, no, because there was no, there was a few. At least not not near as much. There yeah. was a yeah. few things that jumped out with the CG in this movie. Like I think we all caught the uh, the one part where there was. Um, 
I think at one point uh, uh, oh, Spawn I, yeah. <laughs> Spawn opens up a locket in this part. I'm sure if we watched it on VHS, you wouldn't even be able to tell. But you'd be able to tell, but the edge wouldn't be as hard. There was like he opens a locket, and there's like this green mist, like a mist that comes out. And we watched it. On, was it DVD or yeah, Blu-ray? It was DVD. We watched it on DVD. I don't, I don't own this movie on Blu-ray. <laughs> and you could you, you could see like a hard cut line around the mist, like where, it was like the edit box, basically. Yeah. Like when they were editing it in, in whatever program sure you, know, you create box layers right and the effects lives inside that box well, it was like there was the no effects was there, too big there was no the bleed it just it just like stopped right where the yeah. edges of that box were it was that was funny. the only <laughs> thing that i really noticed that was a big goof yeah for the most part though yeah um that same effect though with the green like misty stuff one of the things i loved i was talking about these like tiny little details they put in mm-hmm is in the comics, you always see Spawn's green eyes sort of glowing with that mist out of it. Mm-hmm. And they put that in the movie. Yeah. You know, and this is one of those one of those situations where a lot of comic book movies, they 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 tend to not translate directly from the page to the screen because it's a little bit too goofy. Marvel really tried uh, um to I don't I don't know the right word is they they really tried to to grow up, if you will, the look of comic book characters sure. in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But then as you got deeper into the Marvel Universe through Phase 1, Phase 2, and Phase 3, mm-hmm. they actually really reverted back to comic books. A lot of, with the suits and stuff like that. Uh, the X-Men movies did the same thing. You know, the X-Men movies originally, they all had black leather jumpsuits on. And then by the by the last ones, they actually have more appropriate costumes. Right. You know? It's the point where even in one of the Wolverine movies, he pulls out a chest and there was the actual yellow and, and blue Wolverine <laughs> suit. Like, uh-huh. he never had it on, but it was still there, you know? Right. Um, and this movie just went for it, though. This movie was like, we are a comic book and we are going to present like a comic book. You know, we're not going to try to hide <clears throat> what it is. Right. And I think that's one of the strengths of this movie. I think it, that if they tried to hide it, it wouldn't have worked. That even came through in the, like, I was, I, we're, we're watching, we watch a lot of serious, you know, movie like movies with serious tones on this show um and not a ton of comic book based movies so when we first started watching this i thought to myself like man all these characters are so overacted but then it kind of clicked and i'm like well this is a comic book movie Mm -hmm. and they are like the way they're delivering the lines and i guess i should say maybe martin sheen wasn't completely dialing in but the character that he was playing was just so over the top and 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 really like even uh before Al Simmons turns into Spawn, his his delivery of his lines is kind of cheesy and kind of mm-hmm. over the top, mm-hmm. but it makes sense because they were they were playing it as if it you were actually watching a a comic book on screen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool, you know, like they kept the the spirit of the comic book alive even in the way they were delivering lines yeah, and stuff. Absolutely. Um, what well, this this might be a little controversial. But I'm gonna say it. The Dark Knight ripped off Spawn. How so? I got five points. You ready for this? Oh, I geez. actually, I actually have some points for later about the Dark Knight and the Crow. <laughs> so the, I, yeah. there's definitely inspiration for sure. Definitely, yes, clearly. But yeah, hit okay. us, hit us with okay. these. You five points. I have, I, I think I have five points. I didn't right. write these down, so I'm trying to remember them from, <laughs> from memory. But um, you have first off the Dark Knight. You have the Joker and the Clown. Very similar characters. Mm-hmm. Different, but very, very similar. Also, you have that you know their their relationship with the hero and this and that. Like it's all very similar. You have um, Gotham and the Spawn City. I forget what city they're supposed to be in in Spawn. Gotham and that city, they'll look identical, especially those ghetto areas. 
Yeah. Like the more what you would call the ghetto or whatever sure. of the big cities. They look very similar. That that city could have been Gotham for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, and then you have the, well, kind of the newer version of Gotham, though. Not like well, the Tim Burton version. The very the original Tim Burton version was definitely that, just uh, run down and grimy and gross. Yeah, that's Later true. Later on guess, in the I guess series, I'm thinking more of the uh, the better movies, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have the sequence where. Uh, Batman uh, is riding his motorcycle, and you have the semi truck scene with the Joker. Oh, in yeah. Spawn, you have Spawn that steals a motorcycle mm-hmm. and is and the violator, the clown, is chasing him on a, garbage in, a in a big garbage truck, which essentially is a semi truck. Sure, and it's almost the exact same sequence. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. Yeah, Even isn't, down, he actually, isn't he firing? Does he, does he fire a, a, like a rocket launcher at, which or one? something? Which one? Sp- uh, uh, in Spawn. In Dark Knight, he does. In Spawn, I think he's just driving it. But Spawn eventually, like his cape overtakes the motorcycle and makes this big spike, and yeah. uh, the garbage truck runs into it and it flips over. Yeah. Well, in Dark Knight, the same thing happens, same deal. and yeah. the the semi truck flips over, and like it's the same exact sequence, uh-huh. <laughs> like literally the same th- sequence. Yeah. The whole the whole like um, tragic character of Spawn is the same sort of tragic character as Batman. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of similarities between these two movies. Yeah. You know, for me to say that they ripped them off, probably not. But no. there has <laughs> but there's 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 definite bylines though they that, that are followed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just found that very interesting. You can probably draw those same parallels between any two comic book movies though. You know yeah, what I mean? but they're like I said though, they're really, really similar. Yeah. It's almost like then again though, you could look at Spawn the comic book as ripping off Batman, the comic book too, though. Sure. I mean, think about it. Yeah. They, they both have capes. They, <laughs> well, they, so do lots they of both, superheroes. They both have identities. Mm-hmm. They, they both have clowns. They both have, <laughs> you don't know, well, you could, there's parallels there is all I'm saying. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Um, there's the, there, we have not talked about the most tragic part of this entire movie yet though. Which is like from a character standpoint, Al Simmons, the amount that he loses, when he dies, I'm not talking about his wife. I'm not talking about the fact that he didn't meet his child. I'm not talking about the fact that his best friend stole his wife. I'm not talking about the fact that he's leading hell. What I'm talking about is that when he was burnt alive and then burnt dead, he lost his penis. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he, he totally burnt his dick off. They straight up kendalled him. <laughs> they did. It's the biggest loss a man can a man can have. I it, mean, come on. It makes it makes sense though, right? I mean, like if you're, it's a it's a it's a dangling participle. Like if you like, like if you were if you were if you were on fire, it makes sense that the the parts of you that are. Just sort of hanging off your body would go first. It's always the soft tissues that go first. (laughs) So he should have had a boner, and then it wouldn't have. Too bad Wanda wasn't around. (laughs) That's my. That is my takeaway from this movie. (laughs) That's uh, that does not surprise me. Yeah, well, whatsoever. What can you do? Uh, You guys have anything else, Dad? Uh, No, I just. uh, Here's the thing. You made fun of me for loving this movie. Yet this entire conversation, you've been agreeing with all of my points. This movie is way better than you want to give it credit for. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we didn't it's... talk about plot at all. Oh, that's, that's not important. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, it's it's not it's not that I uh, it's not that I haven't. It's it it's it's good. It's a it's a it's a good comic book movie. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Uh. It's just the way you talk about it, especially 
not even right now, but behind closed doors when we're <laughs> like like every ten seconds while we're watching it, you're just like, God, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh, where, where's my cum rag? I did, I did get a little 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 full of myself, but like, I just I don't know. I you know what it is. I would much rather watch a movie that is fun that has flaws mm-hmm. than a movie that is perfect but isn't fun. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that weirdly. But there's a lot of like Oscar winner movie Oscar winning movies mm-hmm. that are these amazing pieces of cinematic art and these cinematic achievements. But are just not, drier than not, a fart. They're not always fun <laughs> to watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, no, they're just not like this movie well, no. is fun to watch, from especially start to finish. especially for our purposes on this podcast. Don't get me wrong, I, that's my I like, taste in movies. I like though. watching. I, I do enjoy watching like the dry drama, uh, like Oscar nominee best picture bullshit. Mm-hmm. I I do like watching those movies, but yes, I I would much rather get together with some friends and watch a movie like this any yeah. day of the week. Hundred percent. And and it's honestly fun when you get together and you just tear the movie apart like that. It was it was fun watching with you guys because we sat there and we laughed at all the corniness and all the cheesiness and just was like, this is a movie. Yeah, like, yeah. they the, sure made this movie. <laughs> well, that's, I, I think that's it. I think that's it. Like at the end of this, at the end of this, because originally I want when when uh, when me and Branson came over, I was like, we should watch The Crow because I want to. It fits so well. It fits so well. <laughs> I was like, I want to watch The Crow. I feel like I want to watch The Crow with you guys, but I'm glad we ended up watching this movie together instead because The Crow is a movie that you can watch with friends or you can watch it alone and you'll be completely engrossed no matter what because yes. it's awesome. I, this movie is this movie is you should be with some buddies and you sure. should be having a good time while you're yeah, watching have, it. You know have a I mean? drink and yeah. just sit or, there or and enjoy the or ride. <laughs> or ride. Ride your bike. Drink until <laughs> Melboja looks good. Yeah. Ride your bike. Go on a 20-minute walk right before we're going to start the movie. And we're sitting there like, what's James going on? Hath, James has to get his steps I in. Get my Come steps on. In, I didn't hit my th- 10,000. Sorry, yeah. I forgot my Fitbit. Yeah, and so I hit it too. I, 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 do, I do love this movie, but it, it is out of a place coming from fun and, and whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I need to clarify that based on some of my thoughts I had about The Crow. What? I have probably some very unpopular opinions about the next movie we're talking okay. about. Okay. So, uh, I, as I do a lot of times. Is so. That, so, we're pretty much done with Spawn. Then, I mean, yep. is there anything else to add to it, really? No, I just go watch it. It's you, fun. You meant, Branson mentioned the fact that we didn't talk about plot. We mentioned the plot in the beginning, but this isn't the kind of movie that is plot heavy. And No, like, it's, it's not. That's not why you watch this movie. Right. The, the plot is paper thin in its better that way like yeah. if they if they tr- need to be anything better if it's they because it, it's a comic book movie right yes exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but if if they tried to make it like a nice thick plot with all these turns and whatnot it, it wouldn't be the same fun ride it, yeah. it was it's right. just this dude was killed made a deal with the devil came back decided against it and that's about it it would be like a roller coaster trying to trying to mimic how it really feels to go on a road trip, which is sometimes really boring. <laughs> you don't want that. That'd be the worst roller coaster. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You don't want that. All right. <laughs> Making a stop every five seconds so Branson can go take a piss. <laughs> hey, come on. You have heard, at least I assume you have heard every single one of them. They have been good. Good, awesome. solid. A good, frothy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. They're All good right. pieces. Right. Okay. So moving on, there's one last thing I want to say about this movie that will directly go into the next movie. Okay. And that is um, 
the director of Spawn was not originally slated to direct this movie. Okay. Uh, the original director of Spawn uh, dropped out to do a movie called Dark City, another gothic mm, sort of mm-hmm. you know dark movie. Yeah. Um, that director's name is Alex Proyas. Oh. Alex Proyas directed The Crow. Well, damn it, Mike. So they're linked sort of in a could have been kind of way. That's a so, nice connection. Have you ever seen Dark City, by the way? I have not. Oh, it's good, I need man. to. I, need I like to. it. My buddy Chris keeps telling me to watch it, and I, just, and I haven't. Um, so Alex Proyas directed The Crow, 1994. Uh, again, saying, uh, or again, uh, you know, he did Dark City. He also did that Nicolas Cage alien movie, Knowing, <laughs> which I love that movie. <laughs> I think it's great. It's a great movie. I remember seeing it in the drive-in theater, and there's certain scenes where he's it's at night, and Nicolas Cage's face is just like, it's an extreme close-up on his face. So picture you're watching. You saw uh, us at the drive-in. I did. So, so it was. So picture against the night sky. So picture against the night sky. Seventy black, feet tall. Black background, and it's just Nicolas Cage's face oh. floating in the sky. <laughs> that is that is it astonishing. It was the closest <laughs> come to Jesus moment I've ever had in my life. I come. <laughs> I'm just Jesus. looking up, Lord. <laughs> I gotta call my friends at Kensington and be like, guys, I know how you're gonna convert one. <laughs> just gotta do this one service. I'll make sure he's there. Just get this done. <laughs> Uncage the gospel. <laughs> um, he also directed a movie uh, starring this little-known guy named Will Smith called I Robot. Never, heard never, of it. never heard of it. No, never, I actually liked iRobot. It's a guilty of pleasure of mine. Oh, I, I like loved iRobot. iRobot? Did I see that one? It was good. That it was, was one of my first Blu-ray. Will Smith and, and robots. I don't know it's if pretty, I saw that one. It's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I, um, all I can think of is uh, I Am Legend, but that's, that's not a great right. movie too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't think I saw iRobot. So the crow. If you're part of the one percent that has never seen the crow, uh, a man brutally murdered comes back to life as an undead avenger or a revenger in our case, mm-hmm. uh, of his of his and his fiancée's murder. Um, this is a... It's another comic book adaptation. Mm-hmm. Wow, both of these were comic book adaptations. I didn't even realize that when we put this together. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, another comic book adaptation. Uh, very different style of comic, though, because it was all black and white. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, not crudely drawn, purposely crudely drawn. Sure. Um, you know, it had a real, real dark tone to it. Um, and I actually have a personal connection with the comic book. Oh, tell us. Oh. I will. Tell us what it is. So the original comic book uh, was written by a guy that I cannot remember his name. Maybe you can look uh, it up. James O'Barr. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I read the first part of the graphic novel today uh, online. There's a place that uh, has some like free um, previews of comic books. Sure. Where you can read yep. the first couple pages. The original comic book takes place obviously in Detroit because mm-hmm. that's where the movie, the movie also takes place. Um, and they Which talk they about... they never actually say, right? Yeah, they say uh, yeah, Motor oh, yeah. City a Motor lot. City, they say oh, Motor City. Oh, do they City. say Motor City? Okay. Yeah. Uh, another dead giveaway is Devil's Night. Devil's Night is not a thing outside of Detroit. It's not? No. No. So a lot of people watching this movie <laughs> probably didn't know what Devil's Night was. It's a real thing. It's an absolute real thing. It started mostly in the 70s, um, <laughs> becoming a huge problem where... People would literally just light abandoned buildings and destroy the city on Devil's Night the night before Halloween. Well, so it's a huge. It was a huge problem for years until the city came up with Angels Night. So it spread. So it it, yeah. it obviously spread across Michigan rather quickly. No, then because we had Dove, we had Devil's Night growing up in Bad Axe. Oh yeah, it was a Michigan thing. Well, okay. it was, it was well, a Detroit so it thing. Michigan in Detroit. Thing. Yeah, but I mean, people in Michigan know about it. That's yeah. That's Here's why I said thing, it, it kind of spread in the in the comic book mm-hmm. they very specifically mention locations 
One of those locations is that the place where they hide out at, 10 Mile and Gratiot. Is that where your church is? Uh, I grew up at 10 Mile and Jefferson. Yeah. 10 Mile, the, the, the place where this comic book was set was literally a mile and a, mile, a half yeah. from where I grew yeah, up. Yeah, that's a mile that's and a half super, away from like, here. That's, that, I'm, I'm guessing that he was from the area. Because that's a very specific place to mm-hmm. actually say. And then he also says that... James the, O'Barr was born on January 1st, 1960 in Detroit, there Michigan. You go. Okay, so, there yeah. You know. So he must have lived in the area, is my guess. Because he also mentions Schaefer, which is another main street sort of in Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's where the Big Bad's hideout was, was sure. on Schaefer in the comic book. Uh-huh. So it's just kind of cool. I read that. I'm like, 10 mile in... I, I literally go there almost every day. <laughs> so that's kind of a cool, kind yeah, of a, kind of a weird, cool. weird connection. I thought that was kind of really cool. Um, anyway... The Crow, starring the late Brandon Lee as Eric Draven, which I'm sure we will talk all about his his role and untimely death in this movie. Uh, you have Rochelle Davis, who played Sarah, his uh, fiance. Uh, Ernie motherfucking Hudson. Yeah, boy. My boy was uh, <laughs> was Albright. Did I see his name? Uh, Albrecht. 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 <laughs> Albrecht. Yeah. Um, by I'm the way, did right. you did you look up Ernie Hudson's IMDb at all? Mm, what about him? I don't know how long ago this picture was taken, but damn, he looks good. Does he look fly as hell? Oh, let's well, see look it. at this! Look at this! Look at oh, this damn. tricep! Look at the tricep on that! Oh dude. my gosh! That's I mean, look at that's he's probably, looking solid. That yeah, man's dude. climbed some rocks before. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ernie Hudson looks good as hell. He, he looks, looks like he's about to go out and bust some ghosts. I hope so. Yeah, I hope that's a that's a relatively recent picture. Yeah, damn. I I I. I'm afraid to ask this question, but I'm going to anyways. Was he in Ghostbusters? <laughs> That's why I just said bust okay, some ghosts, thank you. man. <laughs> I, I was watching this movie, and I just could not place where I saw his face from, and now I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't Yeah, he's place the, uh, like, when they get the, the, the new, new black recruit. Guy. Yeah, he was the only black guy in the movie, yes. basically. Okay. That. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where's where's Mike on? Oh, Mike's, Mike's quitting Mike because quit. you didn't know that Ernie Hudson was oh, a Ghostbusters. <laughs> Especially me, after me <laughs> saying bust some ghosts. I think he's hey. actually leaving. Oh, oh Mike? He's, he's just grabbing some beer to help him cope. Oh, and, oh, and he's, he's, grabbing, he's also grabbing a cat. He's grabbing the other studio cat. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't this the one that will attack you no, if you don't... One. No, when he, er, Buckley is just going to... There he goes. He left. I'm out of here. Why is this stranger picking me up? You're lucky I'm a nice guy, and I will forgive you for that. <laughs> I, I, like you I hurt, said, I you fear hurt this... my heart. You hurt my heart. <laughs> I, it hurts my heart to ask that question, because I recognize him the entire movie, and I was like, I don't know where he's from, but I know <laughs> I've seen him before. Hey, all you got to I, I need picture, to drink more to get through this. All yes. you got to picture is him saying... Now that's a big Twinkie. Then <laughs> 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 you'll be able to place them every time. There we <laughs> go. There we go. All right. Uh, also, you have Michael Wincott, who played Top Dollar, who oh, was man. the uh, the main the main baddie, if you will. Yeah. Now, Michael Wincott, he's been in a lot of stuff. Sure, he's a yeah. huge character actor. I know him best from quite possibly the one of the best Kevin Costner movies of all time. I'm not talking Waterworld. That's number two. Robin Hood, oh, Prince, Prince of, Thieves. of Thieves. Yeah, I forget the character he plays. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but he's one of the bad guys. So I think he's he's related to. Did you call him Walcott? Yeah, Wincott. Wincott. Oh, I'm sorry, Wincott. Wincott. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he plays one of the bad. He's he's on like the bad guys payroll or something like that, though. But and he's but he's so good in it. Absolutely, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. It's one of my favorites, though. Um, that's a yeah. Uh, Bai Ling, also known as the girl with the biggest nipples on the face of the earth, she plays. <laughs> 
Have you ever seen her nipples? They're no. It's not a bad oh, thing. I'm just saying. They're humongous. Wait, 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 wait. When, when have you seen her nipples? What movie am I missing? Pick a movie. She's naked all the time. Well, she wasn't naked in this one. Well, maybe not this one. <laughs> <laughs> I picked a movie, and it was this one. <laughs> you let me down, man. You've got a, you've got a point there. Uh, um, he was he was Guy of Gisborne in... Uh, yes. <laughs> well, actually... It could be a that could be a soft G, so <laughs> guy of Jizborn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, you like I said, Biling, she plays Mika. Um, you have um, who else was the other one? Uh, Michael Mas- Michael Massey. So I'm gonna point him out because he actually um, uh, murdered. <laughs> he is the one that unfortunately was behind the gun oh, that killed geez. Jason Lee. And uh, if you, I'm sure you probably read up on the story before we came. Sure, I knew I knew quite a bit about it's, it before it because I've an, always been sort of fascinated such by an the death of Brandon Lee. Unfortunate thing that happened, yeah. and it's nobody. It was nobody's fault except for the carelessness of the prop handler. Uh, it, it was definitely somebody's fault. Yeah, it was. So the uh, not what I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying though is it wasn't one of the actors' fault. It wasn't that he did anything wrong. It was a mishandling of the props. By either the prop master or the arms master, well, whoever. Well, so yeah, so on, a, on a set, if you have if you have guns, arms, you have uh, an arms master, which is completely different from the prop master. Mm-hmm. The arms master had actually been sent home early that day, and then uh, the director, what was his name, Proyas, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Proyas, made a decision to change the scene yep. on the fly. So the props master was kind of in charge of the arms at that point, yeah. and there was a there was a, a fatal error that occurred, and uh, and and you know yeah Brandon the rest Lee. is history. The, well, yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get, get into we'll the get into actual ins and outs of yeah. his death in a little while. The but. one last guy that I'm going to point out is the guy that played the character of T Bird, uh, David Patrick Kelly. Uh, yeah. Did he look familiar to you? It, yes. From what? Warriors, come out and play. I, oh, yeah. This, I, this will also, be my last episode. I did not I miss no, that. I actually <laughs> didn't recognize him at first either. And also because he's there's not, a... He doesn't show up in a lot, in all fairness. So I didn't recognize him either, but once it was pointed out, I go, oh, my God. But also, him. also because ridiculous. there's a pretty cool Warriors Easter egg in this movie. Oh, is there? Yeah, did you catch it? I did not. There's... So uh, uh, David Patrick Kelly plays T-Bird, and... Um, Eric Draven slash the crow, uh, at one point in time, he's, he's about to take him out and he straps him into his car. He straps him into his car and he's going to send him off the end of the pier. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, uh, T-Bird has a bunch of explosives in the back of his car. Eric, uh, arms some of the explosives and then he puts a, uh, I think it's like a, um, a phosphorus bomb or something on his oh, lap. Yes. Those things burn like 2,500 2, degrees, degrees or something. You read so, the same thing I did today. I, <laughs> I, I read that about the phosphorus bomb. Yeah. But as as the car is driving down the, the pier, Eric pops into frame and he waves by to him. But when he waves by to him, you, you kind of only see Eric in silhouette, but mm-hmm. you can see as he waves with his right hand, he goes like this. Oh really? Oh, yeah. He, so oh, nice. the, like, you can't you can't see what I'm doing, but uh, um, bottle clinking. Yeah, David man. Patrick Kelly is famous for his for his scene in. <laughs> yeah, he's he's famous from being in Warriors, but there's this very incredibly famous scene from Warriors where he's clinking three bottles on his fingers together. He's saying, nice. "Warriors, come out to play." So when when uh, 
when um, Brandon Lee found out that he was going to be in this movie, he was so stoked about mm-hmm. it because he was a huge fan of his. So in that scene, as kind of an ode to his uh, his character in Warriors, as he's driving down the pier, you can see Brandon's hand do the three-finger clink as that's he's, cool. as that's he's really cool. waving goodbye to him. It's that, really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, that's super cool. Kind of a cool um, little Easter egg. Yeah, also, oh, God, I completely missed these two because they're on my other page. Tony Todd. I mm, forgot Tony mm, Todd was in this movie. Mm. Completely forgot he was in this movie. Uh, he plays Grange. And then you also have John Polito, who played Gideon, who was the uh, pawn shop owner. John, Another character actor that's been in a <laughs> shit ton of stuff. John Polito, I can't uh, I can't watch any of his movies now anymore because since I've had kids and not think of his character in Curious George. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's all. Like every I didn't, time, didn't know that he was. Every he's the chef on Curious George, and every time I see him, I'm like, I can't take we're, seriously. We're, <laughs> bork, 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 bork. He, he's another like, character. Bork, bork, he's, he's another actor that I know. I've seen a movie that he's been in. Like what? What? I looked at his IMDb. He's, I just he's been in a it. ton. He's he's just he's one of those guys. He's one of those character actors that just shows up sort of everywhere. And you don't know him by name, but you know him by face. Like, I can't even point out to you exactly what movies he's been in, but I know I've seen him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those kind of situations. Yeah. yeah at um, first, I was like, wait, was he Mario in the really, really uh, no, amazing? Man, that, that was Bob Hoskins. Uh, yeah. oh, Come on. <laughs> I, I'm just failing left you're and right here. F- you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. All right. All right so <laughs> plot-wise here... Uh, Long, I mean, to get to basically what it is, uh, Eric Draven and his fiance are brutally murdered by a gang in Detroit on Devil's Night. Um, because they they apparently live in the same building. Sure. And his fiance has has gotten signatures and 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 put together this petition to get them e- evicted from the building uh-huh. because of noise violations and because their uh, their place that they live in is all run down. Yep. These this gang of thugs is just they're all like just a bunch of shit bags like mm-hmm. they're just the worst scum of the earth yeah and obviously their apartment probably reflects that so she's trying to get them ousted and so they come by because they find out that she's uh um submitted this thing to the department of housing mm-hmm. so they come by to take care of the problem you're right so they so they end up murdering both of them raping his fiance you know whole awfulness happens yeah he ends up getting kicked out of the window and falling like 70 stories or whatever the fuck it is right um so then a year later though he comes back to life thanks to the crow now the mythology behind this and i'm not sure exactly where this comes from but the whole idea is that the crow is basically like your guide to the other side sometimes the crow can keep you there if there's unfinished business that's in a nutshell i think sort of what it is i think is this like an is, is it like a norse thing uh i don't believe so no no. Okay. Um, but that's basically what it is. I mean, if you if you if you care that much, you can look it up sure, and yeah. find the actual like mythology behind it. But the crow basically is his lifeline and his linchpin to the real world. Mm-hmm. So he comes back a year later um, and figures out what happens and kind of puts the pieces together and then goes on this revenge quest to kill everybody that had anything to do with him and his fiance's death. Mm-hmm. That's basically the movie. Yeah. Um, along the way, you have a little girl who him and his fiance sort of looked after because her mother is a fucking drunk or druggy slut or <laughs> whatever. Um, terrible mother. Yeah. Not mother of the year. Maybe mother of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So there's that girl. There's, uh, like I said, there's that the pawn shop owner. Sarah is her name. Sarah is her name. Yeah. There's the pawn shop owner who uh, the thugs pawned her wedding ring to. So he mm-hmm. runs into him. 
There's, uh, like I said, there's the, the whole gang and their leaders. Tony Todd is basically like the, the main leader's like second in command, if right. you will. Uh, then you have Bai Ling, who plays... Micah. Mika. Mika, who is the main leader. I can't, I can't think of his top name. Top dollar. Top dollar. It's top dollar's lover slash stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> I got that right, right? Yes. <laughs> Stepfuckers. Sure. All right. <laughs> Just making sure I had that it's right. I heard that and I'm like, I think that's what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, hey, a, it's a family affair. You do you, boo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there was one line where they like, what's the matter? You don't see the resemblance? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so that's that's weird. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's basically, it's, it's him exacting revenge mm-hmm. and going through one person at a time mm-hmm. and getting there. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it's great. Uh, it, it's a really, really great movie. People call this like a gothic masterpiece, you know, um, Let's just let's just get to it because I know that that's what you want to do. What's wrong with this movie? Nothing's wrong. No, there's nothing wrong. With oh, you said you you feel like you have some controversial thoughts. I do. Thoughts I on do. It. There's nothing wrong with this movie. I just don't think that this movie would be as popular as it is if Jason Lee, Brandon Lee, Brandon Lee. not Jason Lee, <laughs> wrong Lee, Brandon Lee hadn't had his accident and wouldn't have died. I uh, think that this movie took on a whole new life after <clears> that. Um, it's a really good movie, but this is, it's not the greatest movie ever made. It's, it's not even the greatest Gothic movie ever made. Hmm. The acting is subject. Sometimes the act, you know, not even Brandon Lee's not great. Sometimes <clears throat> in this movie, Man. he's great when he's like a manic crazy person, but when he's playing the more lovey dovey type role, he's, I just, I don't think that he's as good as people claim that he is. I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead here or anything, but it just, a bitch. It just <laughs> it didn't live up to I hadn't seen this movie since I was a teenager. Hmm. And it just didn't live up to this memory that I had had of it. You know, um uh, all the other characters too. Like I just um I don't know. I it's a good movie. I just don't know that it deserves to be regarded to where it is as a gothic masterpiece. A gothic masterpiece is like Coppola's Dracula. That is a gothic masterpiece. Of a movie, I think uh, you know. I, I think they're. I think they're. They're using gothic in a, like you're comparing. You're pairing. You're comparing gothic to like the gothic age, compared to gothic as in goth. Okay, even I think still. that that's. I think that that's okay, where people sure. fall more into still, like this though, movie. Even still, though, I think that there are better movies like Spawn. No, I'm just kidding. I'm oh just kidding. Gosh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't even. No, but I'm just saying there are better movies, though. You mm. know what I'm saying? I just, I, I agree that this movie is great. I'm not saying that it's bad at all. I just wonder if, if, if Brandon Lee wouldn't have died and it didn't get all of the, of all that, that, that mythos that surrounded it. Yeah. I just wonder if this movie would be regarded in the same way nowadays. Hmm. So, this, watching it for this episode is the first time I've ever seen it. Mm hmm. And uh, I know there's there's even a South Park episode about it where like the devil has a Halloween party and he's like if anybody dresses up at the crow I cancel the party and stuff like that and so I knew that it was a popular movie and um, because of that like I was like whatever it's just gonna be like your average '90s movie I love this movie like I'm not into co- the gothic style at all I think it's overly dramatic I think it's cheesy. But as I was watching this movie, like, I thought it was really great. So I think 
it's considered a gothic masterpiece because it's done so well that it gets people even like me where it's like gothic okay that's a great way to make me uninterested Mm -hmm. like enjoy a movie because it it was so well done like the music and the tone of it the music was great the it just really led to this package that was really well done and i'd have to hear more of when you believe the uh the acting was off but i didn't really think the acting was all that bad i thought it was like a really good solid movie that was that had this tone about it that was really well done so i i'd I'd have to i'd have to agree with branson because i like i was this is my first time seeing it in quite a few years Sure. yeah same with all of us um so i didn't i didn't know if it was going to hold up for me or not but it like I loved every second of I it, thought, and the act like there was some of the some of the acting I thought was so, like some of the delivery was so good at times that there were there were times where I actually rewound it a, a couple times to rewatch some of the scenes. Well, I I think that I think that when it, when it comes when it comes to the bad acting, there are certain scenes where I was just like ooh, you know, little little, little eek, you know, vo- you know vo- face voice. Voice, eek voice. I'm not sure. Eek I'm voice. To say. <laughs> I had a little eek face come out though because of like, oh, that was bad. That was rough. Really? I think mostly though, when I say the bad acting part of it, it maybe maybe it's not so much the acting as much as it was the part that was written. I thought that it was a little bit disjointed. I thought Eric Draven's character was a hair disjointed because he goes from being this badass goth revenge guy to then being this super soft, caring family guy, and. That can those those two things can exist, mm-hmm. you know, together. I just don't know that this movie was written well enough to really balance those two parts of his character out. Though it was a bit disjointed to me, because well, you go for, you go from super heavy one side to super heavy the other side, and like I I almost hate to say this, if you're coming back from the dead to avenge your wife's death, stay with me here. <laughs> Pretty sure that Al Simmons did a better job of being super pissed off and ex- exuding that revenge part of it of you killed me and my wife. I'm taking all you motherfuckers out. I almost think that that character yeah, had but when more he's, down than. But when he's dealing with people who than the Eric Draven character was he supposed to be with? Was he supposed to be like that with everybody though? Because when he's dealing with Sarah, he's a dead obviously, guy like he's back from the dead with one with one purpose and the crow. Here's here's another thing. There, the uh, the mythology behind the crow. There's a lot cut out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole character played by Michael Berryman actually yeah. that was cut out of this movie called the uh, the uh, skull crystal skull skull, skull cowboy. Uh, sc- uh, Chris- the, no, no crystal. That's 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 Indiana Jones. It's the skull cowboy oh. was the was the character name. Why did I feel like there was crystal in and his name? The skull cowboy explains the rules in that um, that he has to stay focused on only killing the people that caused him pain. Otherwise, he loses his invincibility. Um, it's actually, there's a very blatant thing in the movie that happens that you might actually, I say blatant, but you might have missed it. There's a part where um, suddenly Eric Draven has electrical tape all over his arms and his hands that wasn't there in the first half of the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. Did you ever notice how he goes from having I, like a long sleeve shirt on to then having electrical tape all over his arms? Yeah. It's because when he was fighting with Funboy, Funboy, was that his name? Yes. Um, yes. When he was fighting with Funboy, Michael Massey. He didn't fight Funboy. Well, when, whenever he had his. Well, there was deleted scenes where he did fight Funboy. Oh, okay. And Funboy slashed up his arms like crazy. And the reason that he was able to hurt him is because in the movie, uh, Eric Draven saves uh, the little girl's 
you know, whore mom who we were talking about, <laughs> she had just shooting up, shot up a whole bunch of drugs, and Morphine. he actually intervenes in their life. Part of part of what the rules are is that you cannot intervene in people's lives that didn't cause you grief, and when you do so, you lose that invincibility. Sort of. I thought it was. Has. I thought it was he couldn't cause harm to somebody who didn't. No, cause you can't harm. intervene at all. So these are the rule. This is part of the deleted scenes okay. that the skull skull cowboy had told him. So when he did that. He then fought Fun Boy right afterwards, and he slashed his arms up. And to cover up his wounds, he covered his arms with electrical tape hmm. to basically seal his wounds up. Okay. And that's why he's like that. Then, um, back to what I was saying before, though, like I went on a little tangent there. You know, um, I just thought that his his like I said, his dichotomy was just a little. It was a little bit weird, you know, like go back. It was one extreme to to, to another extreme. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wish that it would have been more in the middle or been more of a focused type energy, you know. That's all. I understand why they did it the way they did it, and yeah, I, guess, I realize that my point is very. to me, like unpopular. when you like most revenge movies are like that, where you just have suddenly this person's coming back for revenge, and that's just they're very, See, they're very driven in that one direction, and mm-hmm. they keep that kind of attitude the entire time. I actually really liked the, I actually liked seeing the two different sides of him. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, oh, I, did I get too. that. I get that. Because like I said, I mean, like like when he's dealing with Sarah, the young girl who he obviously uh, had, he felt like sort of a, a paternal, had a paternal bond with her mm-hmm. when he was still alive because he basically took care of her because her mom was off doing morphine and banging dudes. Like uh, it made sense for him to be softer with her. It made sense for him to, like he obviously wanted to try and be mad at Albrecht at certain points mm-hmm. because he thought like, why, you know, these guys came in and murdered us. Why didn't you try and do something more about it? But then he realized that Albrecht kind he kind of did everything that he possibly could. And, and then at the very end, the most that he could do for anybody was to just stay by Shelly's side for 30 hours while she mm-hmm. was in the ICU mm-hmm. slowly dying. You know, I do love the <clears throat> fact that that's how he ended up killing the guy at the very end. Spoilers. But he ended up literally killing him with the painful memories mm. of mm-hmm. watching his. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's and, crazy. Like watching yeah. her die was like what killed the dude. Right. Yeah. And honestly, uh, oh, and, I and the fall onto statue spikes. Oh yeah, that, that killed thing. him. <laughs> that <laughs> killed him. Too. I love that his blood was pouring out of the gargoyle's mouth after. Did you notice after too he got that impaled. one of the gargoyle spikes was coming out of his mouth? Oh, it was oh like yeah. A really perfect thing. Oh, one, I didn't even one, notice that. One was out of his gut. One was out of his mouth. It was like a <laughs> perfect fall. That's so good. <laughs> and I. I, I appreciated the the dichotomy. Oh, I can't even say the word. Dichotomy. I appreciated the differences between <laughs> like him as a killer and him as his normal self because it kind of uh, the movie starts with him already dead, so it gives us glimpses of who he was as a person and how he uh, interacted with Shelley. Like you had the names backwards. Shelley was the kid. Um, Shelley was the kid. Yeah, Shelley was the kid, and Sarah was the. <laughs> That would have made for a way different movie. Yes. <laughs> and I appreciated it because uh, there is a scene where he goes in and I forget who he kills. Was it uh, T-Bird? But he kills someone as he, they're shooting up heroin with uh, Shelly's mom. Oh, Fun Boy. Fun Boy, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kills Fun Boy as he's shooting up her- or not heroin. Did morphine. you just correct me and say Shelly was the... Sarah was the kid. Shelly was the, the fiancé. What was it really? Yeah. Oh, I don't. 
I don't know what I'm talking about, apparently. <laughs> but anyway, so, sorry to interrupt. Okay, so uh, he goes in as uh, Funboy is shooting up with Sarah's mom, and he kills Funboy, and Sarah's mom's freaking out because, obviously, a man was murdered in front of her eyes. And then he goes to her, and he, he says, you don't need heroin anymore. Something. Morphine. Morphine. Mor- morphine's bad for you. He grabs yeah, her yeah. arm, and the, it, it literally, backs like, it up out of her arm. Yeah, it eeks back out of her Yeah, it just, oh, wounds that, in her arm. that scene really cool. was so cool to me. Like, I wonder how, it had to have been prosthetics. I answered oh, my sure, yeah. question. Like he was able but, to squeeze the arm and just yeah. backed up. Yeah. It, it shows that under normal circumstances, he was a very, like, like, Good guy. Good guy. And he wanted guy people here, to Drayden. live, and he wanted people to live their best life. But, uh, hey, you kill me and my my fiance, like, I'm going to come back, I'm going to fuck you up, you know? Well, yeah, and I think, it was, I think it was important to show those two different extremes in his character because, really, he was, even though he was driven by anger and driven by the need for revenge, he never really stopped being funny. He was joking around mm-hmm. the entire time yeah. with, like, almost every line that he delivered to to the bad guys before he would kill them mm-hmm. was a joke. Yeah, it you know was what so I mean? good. And I, I really liked that about him. That was why, I, like I I said uh, earlier when you were drawing the parallels between Spawn and the Dark Knight, like his, Eric Draven as the crow, a lot of a lot of the way he would act toward people reminded me of Heath Ledger's Joker. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like even right down to the, <laughs> even right down to like a behind the scenes kind of thing. I don't know how true this is. Sometimes IMDb is completely off base with sure, their their sure. facts, but they said something about uh, he, uh, him and the director were were both unhappy with the way the makeup looked, the way the the um, makeup team would put it on. So what they actually started doing was having uh, having Brandon Lee put the makeup on by himself before mm-hmm. he went to bed, and then he would go to bed, and then he'd wake up in the morning, and the makeup would be all smudged and stuff, and that's how they would shoot. His so, pillows must have been disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually, I have a pillow just from this past Halloween when we went as French Kiss. I I fell asleep that I went home and fell asleep in our uh, guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like I just plopped down. And I like I I just passed out. I woke up the next morning and there's a perfect face print of Gene Simmons on this pillow, <laughs> and I haven't watched it yet because I thought it was so funny. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a scene in this movie where Top Dollar, is that his name? Top Dollar is the, yes. the yes. main Top Dollar bad. and Micah are getting high off of the fumes of a burning eye. Yes. yes. God, I want to live that life. <laughs> well, and, and, and <laughs> The rich are so privileged. <laughs> and, and, well, they're also nailing rails of coke at the same right? time. So. And, and each other. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And they're and they're practically family. Couple of nose beers. What a life. Couple of nose <laughs> couple of nose beers, couple of banging no, your sister. Nose from... beers. I like that. <laughs> oh my like gosh. <laughs> um but uh <sighs> no, I I just uh there was there was not a lot about this movie that I didn't get a ton of enjoyment from. Yeah. yeah. I, I really I, liked it I like top like... to bottom. I feel like after listening to your guys' points, after I made my points, I need to go back and rewatch this again. Mm. Maybe, maybe it's because I hadn't seen it in so long. It's one of those situations where, you know, it's it's been so over, it's been so hyped 
mm-hmm. even though I had seen it before, it's been forever, and I know that the reputation that it has going into it, maybe it was a case of of overhypeness. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So now that I've seen it, I've got that gotten that out of the way. Like I'm not trying to backpedal necessarily because I might feel the same way about it. But like, I don't know. Maybe maybe sounds like backpedaling to me. Maybe in a week <laughs> or so. Uh, no, no. His wife did the greatest backpedal in history just the other day. I'm not going to get into it, <laughs> but the greatest in history. Um, calling you out, Aaron. Um, no, uh, I, I, I would need to go. I would need to go back and rewatch it again, and maybe I'll get more enjoyment out of it now. I think, especially I, after after hearing you guys talk about I it. I think another part of it too was for me. Like uh, I, I've seen some of Brandon Lee's other movies, mm-hmm. and this was something just completely different for him. Well, that was part of it. it was, and he I, was shedding his action star sort of persona. Right. Like what I was saying before like about... Like people, people always kind of compared him to his dad, yeah. Bruce Lee, obviously. And, and they're just like, well, you know, why is it that you feel like you're you're falling into these roles that were very similar to what your dad would do? And uh, I, I feel like I feel like this was like him stepping out of his dad's shadow. Yeah. And and really doing something all his own and completely owning it like well, I, I just I loved his whole performance in this in a movie. pretty extreme way of stepping out of his dad's shadow, um, from what I read and, and again I you know take it for what it is but from what I from what I read he actually shed forty pounds of muscle to do this role because Eric Draven was not supposed to be like a big built dude in a lot in well, his was, earlier he movies was he was built to, like right, he was a yeah. big dude he actually lost a ton of weight and muscle. To portray this character, and that's one of the. That's and he was, and this was this was supposed to be like showing his acting chops. Yeah, he wasn't just like this action star. He that's, could do. He had range. He could do. And, and and I think he did good. Like I said, I had my problems with it, but I still think he did good. That's one of the things about this movie too that I've I've always loved is because he's he's pretty unassuming. But when you see like especially the cover art for this movie, mm-hmm. I've always loved the cover art. This silhouette of this very lanky dude, very lanky, mm-hmm. skinny. But at the same time, very menacing too. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's just that stance that he has. It's like when the- is menacing, but you like. There's just something about, uh, it, and he's got that typical goth look. You know, mm-hmm. I just I don't know. It's, it's, it's like you, so you could cool. be afraid of a dude that's like big and muscly and built, but that scrappy, crazy little tiny dude, he's the one you got to be afraid yeah, of. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, he'll yeah. fuck your shit up. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. You know, we didn't actually talk about Brandon Lee's death. Too, too much yeah let's, and the accident uh, i feel like we can't end the episode without yeah talking. let's wrap let's, it up on touching that. on it yeah um so here's what happened uh there was a gun that was loaded with a bullet that still had the the brass cap the brass on cap it. on it and everything however there was no gunpowder in it i don't know what what's the point of that i think that they actually did a they did a shot that was it was a it like it was a close up. So Michael Massey's character, um, Fun Boy, mm-hmm. was pointing the gun at the camera, mm-hmm. and because it was such a close up shot, they wanted it to be as realistic as possible, so you could actually see the brass cap down the barrel. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it was a brass cap. It was it was it wasn't even a blank. It didn't have any gunpowder. I but guess why why would they not have used a blank even in that situation? I guess was is is well because he I'm didn't actually about. fire the fire the gun. It in doesn't that matter shot. on set. Why would you ever not just use a blank? It doesn't make sense to no, even it, have a bullet without gunpowder in it. It doesn't make sense. You're never going to be projectiling anything out of a gun it was just for the it was time. just for the look it was specifically so that you could see the brass tip on oh, the bullet oh so you actually but saw then, him so, load the bullet so in. the prop okay, so gotcha. the prop master gotcha. took it and 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 uh did a dry fire yep. just to expel that yes. round 
but the the brass cap ended up staying sure. in the barrel of the gun. Even and with then, no gunpowder, that's still a big then, thing to happen. And then they loaded a full powered blank into it. Yep. So now now you had all the pressure of a full powered blank built up behind basically a bullet, a brass cap, it which turned it into an actual so bullet. Michael Massey. So if you watch this movie, and one of the things that I thought about it from the very get go is like, wow. They don't really like. They really jump into this movie quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, there's really not a whole lot of setup. To right, this movie. right. Well, apparently the reason for that is because those were the scenes they never shot. Right. That's why it's all done in flashbacks, and a lot of those flashbacks are digitally enhanced with Brandon Lee's face on a double. Yeah, like them doing this movie. Like this was uh, what they did was cutting edge for the time. Sure. Putting his and it looks face really digitally. good. Oh, I, yeah. I actually got a, a list of the scenes that were edited. Right. That were like facial uh, facial reconstruction and all that stuff yeah um you can't tell no I mean, a couple no. little things that you might if you're absolutely looking for it but the average viewer would never pick up on and it and they did have a uh, like an actual special like a, a full-on uh cast of his face and a, mm-hmm. a rubber mask made for the stunt double and they Just, thought it was too creepy basically. yeah the uh the cast thought it was like too disturbing to see this guy walking around with Which brandon can, lee's actual face so they decided see to that, forego yeah. that and just digitally place his face on top of the mm-hmm. body doubles. Um, Michael Massey uh, ended up taking a full year off of acting just mm-hmm. because he couldn't couldn't be couldn't on cope set. with you know and uh, I actually listened to a uh, I listened to a interview with him today and he's uh, up until recently he had never really talked about it he never felt the need to. He right. talked to he talked to Brandon Lee's fiance and Brandon Lee's mother about it mm-hmm. but outside of that never felt like he needed to. It was a very personal thing, obviously. Which his fiance actually worked on the film, oh, so did she? she might have I been. Didn't know that. She might have been on the <sighs> set the day that it happened. You know. Yeah, it, it, like I say, it's one of those things where, from an actor's standpoint, it, it wasn't his fault, you know. But he no. still has to live with the fact that he was the one behind the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's it's crazy, uh, but yeah, an, an absolute tragedy. Um, there's, I'm not going to get into this. Trust me, as much as I want to, I'm not going to yeah. get into this. But there are a lot of conspiracies about how he died in conjunction with how his father died and how there was a lot of there's a lot of weird things um i have a really good story i conspiracies or oh yeah yeah i so i i produced a movie starring fred the hammer williamson yeah long story not gonna get into it just name dropping over on (laughs) i was lucky i was lucky enough to be in a situation where i got an associate producer credit plus a bunch of other stuff whatever it doesn't matter um, on set though, he told, he t- yeah, do it, big boy. He um, he told stories about how he was living in Hong Kong when Bruce Lee died. He was there, and it was not what they said. Like it was a hit job from the the Hong Kong mafia. It was a, this crazy, crazy, crazy story. Fred Williams. Fred Williamson told from mouth to ear. Yes, really. Yeah, crazy story. I'm not going to get into it here. Sure. Based on that, though, there is theories, though, that there was even more so going on and that that what happened to his father carried down to the son mm. and that maybe the guy on set did something on per. Listen, mm. this is all hearsay. I'm not telling sure. I'm not sitting here spewing this as, as as fact or anything like that. Right. But like it's 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 an interesting story if you look into it. Um, there's just there's some weird some weird shit that's all yeah i want to look into it now i don't know that i necessarily buy into it sure. i think i think that it was a total accident it's interesting yeah. to look you know, into those types yeah of things, I, I, mean, I want to make that clear i'm not i'm not putting my tinfoil cap on here like saying that <laughs> saying that that's what happened by any stretch of the imagination it's just you know if you're like me it's like it's like a oh well, what oh, if yeah, kind of thing yeah. you know um but it's yeah it's weird it, it, it was an absolute tragedy 
Never should have happened, but it did. I got I got to the end of this movie. I enjoyed this movie so much, and I enjoyed his performance so much that when I got to the end of the movie, I was genuinely bummed out because because I knew like that was it. You know, sure. Mm-hmm. I was like I was like wow, like this this could have been this could have been the start of something so big for him to take a different direction in his acting career. Sure, yeah, and just dead. Twenty eight years old, dead. Sure. Sucks. Yeah, no, absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, uh, we are rapidly approaching the end of there. We're over time as it is. What was that? We're over time. We're over time. <laughs> We're over time. I had a Bud Light <laughs> caught in my throat. Sorry about that. Um, there are a couple things I do want to say super, super, super quickly, though. Uh, so James, uh, James Abar, the original uh, writer of mm-hmm. the comic book, with his profits from this movie, he bought his mother a car. And then he bought a surround sound system for himself for his house, donated all the rest of the money he made off the movie to charity Mm. because he just did not feel as though he could take money from this movie where a friend of his died. Right. And he just donated it. Didn't say it until way later in life because basically it's not charity if you get credit for it. Right. So way after that, he finally said it. Thought that was pretty stand up of him. Um, yeah, there's there's lots of other stuff. This movie has has long been known as a very cursed movie, even even up to the current remake that was that has been trying to be made with Jason Momoa for the longest yeah. time. Did you know that there was a movie called uh, The Crow twenty thirty seven that was written and supposed to be directed by Rob Zombie? No, right? You can get the script online. I want to read it. Yeah, because that would be a crazy fucking movie. Um, uh, it, talk about cursed. Uh, they completely bastardized this franchise following this movie. With Listen, the one with David Boreanaz and Terry Reed, oh. or Tara, uh, Tara Reed, was at least a one out of ten. It was Dar- fantastic. David Boreanaz Borean- <laughs> and Tara Reed with Eddie Furlong. Wait, wait, wait. Different what, movie. Wait, Different what movie. do you call him? Bormianus? Bormianus? <laughs> David Bormianus. So David Boreanaz, David Boreanaz and Tara Reed were in one movie. Edward Furlong took over The Crow in another movie. Like, yeah, it's whatever. No, I, thought, doing... I thought that the one with Boreanaz was the one with Eddie Furlong. Oh, was it? I think so. Oh yeah, because David Boreanaz wasn't—he was the bad. He, yeah, guy, he was the bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Regardless of which, though, they also had a Crow TV series that continued the story from the first movie, and they cast Stairway to was it called yes, Stairway to yes, Heaven? Yes, yes. Yeah. They the guy that they cast was in a movie called Double Dragon. Mm. If you're familiar with that. Uh, and the same actor would go on to be the host of a little show called Iron Chef America. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Just putting that out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now, but that's the dude. Um, last little fact that I'm dropping, and then we can end this episode. The original concept for the adaptation of this Crow comic book series uh, was a musical starring Michael Jackson. Oh gosh. Chew on that for a minute. Oh my gosh. There's <laughs> there's so there's so much about that that's like equal parts amazing and shitty yes i agree first of all it would have been completely different i feel like it would have been horrible but also think of like the implication of what might have happened because i mean i don't if everything would have gone the same way as it did with this movie michael jackson could have ended up being shot to death you're right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like one of those it's one of those weird situations where things could have turned out the same but totally different because it could have been a different dead person right now in black and white (laughs) (laughs) all right guys let's uh let's end it there 
All right. Um, well, uh, yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's Spawn, the greatest movie ever made. And, <laughs> he admits it finally. <laughs> and and Crow, which is just. Meh. <laughs> uh, oh. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on all. Not that's that. Wow, <laughs> I was about to do J Rogers part. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Uh, you've clearly found us already, so tell a friend. We are on all major podcast streaming sites. So uh, uh, find us. If you want to find Branson, you're going to have to wait because he's going to have to change all of his social media <laughs> to Damn Branson. It. I already did this once for you guys. <laughs> Literally did it once for you guys, but. Now you're doing it twice. <laughs> but for now, you can find me as Jancy Pants. <laughs> he's so dis- he's so like defeated when he says that. <laughs> if you want to find J Raj, uh, find him in Hawaii right now. If mm. you're in Hawaii, if not, you can find him on all social media at Ocean Recording, or you can check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your, your fantastic, fantastic audio, audio needs. needs. <laughs> nice. I did it. Boom, there it is. We did it. All right, guys. All right. Well, hey, Jansen, Branson, uh, thanks, far, thanks for letting us do this. At uh, As far as next week goes, yeah, we have no idea what we're doing, same as it was for this week. Sure. Uh, we could do something different next week. We could do another normal episode. We could do something new. Who knows? We could even not have an episode next week. <laughs> we don't know. You just never know where we're coming from. So. so stay tuned to our social media to find out about that, and good night. Cheers. Cheers. Try to have a good night. <laughs>